0: From Relay FM, this is the fifth annual Upgradies Awards. The Upgradies Awards for 2018 are brought to you by Pingdom, Lunar Display, Kane Eleven, and Eero. And here are your hosts, Jason Snell and Mike
1: Hurley. Thank you, Mike Hurley, and uh, here, hello, my co-host, Mike Hurley. Hi,
0: Jason Snell. I am so excited. We are here for the fifth annual mm-hmm. Upgradies Awards. The Upgradians have been voting en masse. Um, I cannot believe this is our fifth year for the Upgradies. How incredible is that?
1: When I think back to the uh, 2014 Upgradies, the first annual Upgradies, or as we said at the time, the Upgradies, because there's no such thing as first annual, um, it's hard to believe how far we've come in that people submit things and we're organized and uh, five, five years in, we have a track record now, we have a history of of, uh, of giving out awards. It's uh, it's quite a thing. It is everything I think you dreamed about five years ago and more.
0: It is now. Um, it is a thing that is looked forward to. It is on the podcast calendar. And uh, I wanted to do something special for the fifth year. Um, so we have something new, and that is upgrades.com Um, I have been working with Zach Knox. Zach is responsible for the Interactive Draft scorecards. Um, And with Zach's help, we have built a website that hosts every runner-up and winner of all of the upgradies in history, including the 2018. So I would maybe suggest you can go to the website, but don't look at the 2018s if you don't want to see spoilers. But that's all going to be there, and that is going to live now. And every year, we will add more and more to that site. We'll add all of the information and I want to you know, get your feedback and we can try and add some different features, but I'm super excited about this. It has all of the information going back from 2014 to now with every runner-up and every winner in all the categories, including the Lifetime Achievement Award winners. Um, Zach has been incredible to work with on this and I am so, so excited that we now have Upgrades.com and that is our way that we will celebrate our fifth Annual Upgrady Awards.
1: Yeah, you know what we should do is we should make it so that the website like plays the Upgrady's music in the background or something, just to be extra fancy <laughs> i don't know and the are like this confetti falls from the top of the website you know that's, oh, I think yeah. that's the kind of stuff that
0: people like yeah let's run over some of the rules just before we get into our first categories so we are keeping the same categories as last year nothing's changed there we've not added anything we've kept the same categories um as also from the 2017 upgrades, we have uh, brought in the votes from the listeners from our upgradians so we've had um uh, Nominations for every single category, and what we'll do is we're going to be stating the three highest percentage upgradient votes. So the three items or apps or shows or whatever it is for each category that got the highest percentage of votes from the upgradians. We will also be adding in our own nominations, and then me and Jason will discuss for each category which one we think will take the win for that category. Um, and also as a note, we have Lifetime Achievement Award winners. These are for any app, for any service, for any show, for any story that has won three upgrades will become a Lifetime Achievement Award winner, which means that it won't be eligible for any future voting. But we will mention it every single year as a Lifetime Achievement Award winner uh, because I think there are some categories that would just win Forever, I think. So we, we decided that we would uh, that we would add that in. All right. So, Jason Snell, are you ready to get into this? I am ready, Mike. Let's uh, let's make it happen. The first category is for the best overall iOS app. Um, I will start with our Upgrading votes. So in third place is Apollo for Reddit, which is a Reddit client, Apollo, Uh uh, with 7% of the vote, followed up by 1Password with 7% of the vote, and with a huge 40% of the Upgradians' votes is Overcast by Marco Arment, the podcast app that I am expecting... Probably around the same amount of percentage of our listeners are listening to this show in right now. So that's a that's a pretty huge win from the upgradians votes there for overcast. I was when I was putting the uh, when I was adding all of that up and I was doing I had this a very complicated spreadsheet, Jason, that I built which uh-huh. does some calculations that I don't remember how I made it. So I made it last year and left it for myself in Google Sheets. And when I opened it this year, <laughs> I was like, I have no idea how it's doing any of this, but I'm so happy that it's doing it. Um, so that's pretty great, right? Overcast forty percent. That's a that's a yeah. that's a big percentage there for. for Overcast.
1: Well, you know, a hundred percent of upgrade listeners listen to podcasts. They most and certainly so, do, and it, a lot of them sense, listen right? on Overcast. hmm Yeah, you, story checks out.
0: So, what is yours? I want to know your vote. what is your nomination. Well,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna take you back to the episode we did a couple weeks ago where we talked about how I'm finally using the Apple Pencil for something, mm-hmm. um, and how. The Apple Pencil and the new iPad together have uh, kind of, I don't want to say rekindled because I use, when I travel especially, I do podcast editing on my iPad and have done that for a couple of years now. But with upgrades to the software, there was a new version this year, uh, the Apple Pencil, the new iPad Pro, I am now using Ferrite Recording Studio version 2 to edit I actually edited the last like six episodes of The Incomparable on it, even though I haven't been traveling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just edit it out, you know, in bed, in the living room, on the couch, wherever, uh, on my iPad, even though I've got my iMac Pro here at my desk because I like it doing it so much. So I think, and believe it or not, uh, although it is a a newcomer winner in the past, it has uh, has never been nominated for this. So I'm going to say Ferrite Recording Studio 2. Is my favorite overall iOS app.
0: So for me, I was I was really putting some thought into this and you know, like one password, overcast, right? Some of the upgrading's votes, like totally get it. Like I use these apps every single day. I love them. But I was thinking, like, if I think about an application that over the last years since the previous upgrade is, has continued to move forward, for me, I'm probably I'm gonna be putting my vote again with the winner of last year. Um, in this entire category, which is carrot weather. I love carrot weather and I think for me it is a shining example of an application that just continues to be progressed. Uh, I think that it is wonderful the, the features just keep getting added and added and added like I feel like every every few weeks, maybe every couple of months there's like new big features being added to the app. Um, it only continues to get better. so for me it, it, it is my nomination for best overall ios app. But Again.
1: nobody wants to hear you talk about the weather, Mike. No, wait a second. <laughs> Here you are advocating for a weather app. Uh, I actually only started using Carrot Weather. I think last year. Mm-hmm. It may have even been after you praised it so much. And uh, yeah, it's great. I use it all the time. I use it on my uh, on my Apple Watch. It's got th- there's that angle which I know you don't use an Apple Watch anymore. But the it was my favorite Apple Watch app. The customization you can do on complications is remarkable. Um, I, yeah, I like it a lot. I, I you know, it's it's a weather app. I don't use weather apps on my phone all the time, but mm-hmm. when I do... <laughs> this is the one. It, it's carrot weather. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: we start with our first category with no consensus. Uh, so really what we have available to us, I guess, is these five apps, right? Carrot Weather, Ferrite, Apollo, 1Password, and Overcast. And now we need to come to a decision about which one of these we want to make the best iOS app of 2018. So, Well, what
1: what's funny is that the three uh, apps that have been put forward, two of them have won the best iOS app, mm-hmm. and one of them has won the best newcomer iOS app.
0: So we know so these are A applications. They're th- all these previous are already, award winners. Mm-hmm,
1: they are. They are. I don't know, Mike. This is always difficult because this is this is the uh, this is the stuff you never get to see in the other awards where yep. where you know it's the back room behind it's the scenes, the, right? And yet here we just do it on the podcast, so well, you can see how arbitrary it can be.
0: So here's a thing for me, right? I love Overcast. It's easily one of my favorite iOS apps, and I agree. I think the work that Marco has done this year on the redesign of the now playing screen is wonderful. Um, I absolutely love it. It's given the app like a fresh coat of paint for me. Uh, it continues to be, as for me, as good as it's ever been and I think is only getting better. So I would have no problem at all putting my uh, vote behind Overcast.
1: I mean, I like Overcast too. I would I would choose Overcast over Carrot Weather, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and you're saying you would choose Overcast over Ferrite?
0: Here's the thing, ferrite is a great app. I know it's a great app because you use it. I just don't use <laughs> it yeah yeah and i and i am i am like i can consi- i continue to think of the day that I will, but it's One still day. not that time for me, you know, like I've tinkered around with it, but you know this and this is the same with any i think any pro application on any platform has this problem. I open it and I don't know what to do, right like oh, yeah. I am overwhelmed by it, and I've had that recently with like I downloaded some of those affinity apps, like Affinity Design, and and you know, right. like you know, like on iOS, and like I just had to close it after ten minutes. So it's like I cannot fathom what I'm supposed to do here, even though I know people do amazing things with them.
1: Yeah, well, it requires work to get into a pro app and to figure it out. And if you're using some other tool for that task now, as you are with Logic. We were just having a conversation with Stephen Hackett about this very thing. Like, it's not Logic; it's different, and you have to adapt. And I remember, I remember why I got I got a copy of Logic, and it sat in a box. That's how Mm -hmm. long ago it was for more than a year before I attempted to edit a podcast in Logic, because I knew that when I took that. Instead of doing an edit in two or three hours, I knew that when I switched to logic, it was going to take me two, three times as long because I was going to have to figure it out as I went. And not just once, but like two, three times as long for months. And it's, you know, it's a big ask to go and adopt any new uh, piece of, especially complex pro software, especially if you're used to thinking of it in a certain way. So that it's a real challenge. And, um, you know, I... I decided to dive in a few years ago, and I have no regrets. But it is hard, especially if you've got, you know, your iMac sitting there with Logic, and you know exactly what to do, and you can do it in, you know, in the most efficient way possible.
0: And I think, I think I struggle to give this award to a professional app, honestly. Like especially in such a narrow category, which is podcast production on the iPad. Um again it's this is nothing against ferrite it's just this is like what is the best overall iOS app? Uh that's that's where I it becomes more complicated for me.
1: I will say when somebody says what what iOS app are you most excited about coming to the Mac in 2019 I I answer Ferrite. Me too, though. That's the one.
0: There being a tool on all platforms, which is the same, probably, uh, that I know can produce podcasts because Jason does it, that, that makes Ferrite an even more tantalizing prospect to me, but it's still not where I'm gonna like start editing right yeah. now, right? Like the this episode of Upgrade is not going to be edited in Farit but I me. Mean, I'm going to do it in Logic because it's what I know and trust. But or it, it is it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's not. It's not. I think we should give this one to the listeners, Mike.
0: Okay, so we're gonna say then that the 2018 winner for the best iOS app is overcast and what i think is so wonderful about this is overcast was the first winner in this That's category true. and it is now in the fifth so congratulations to marco Arment, um of overcast for this win
1: and congratulations to the upgradians i guess because yes. they uh, they took it from us they sure did again like you know
0: i i totally get the bias in this right like you listen to podcasts you probably like podcast apps makes perfect sense but that is why these are the awards from a podcast and i think it fits perfectly uh, i i
1: I agree it's also in my dock on my iphone like it is one of the four apps that i use the most on my iphone absolutely
0: so when I we're now going to move into the uh, best newcomer iOS app. Mm-hmm. When I was looking at the uh, the Upgradians' votes for the best overall iOS app and saw that forty percent swing for Overcast, I was like, "There's no way anything's going to beat that." Well, I was wrong. So these are the Upgradians' votes. Drafts five and at five point one percent of the vote. Apollo for Reddit, which technically came out in October of twenty seventeen, but it got six point nine percent of the vote, so I'm kind of fine with it being in there. But the winner with forty six point five percent of the upgradians votes for the best newcomer iOS app in twenty eighteen is shortcuts.
1: Shortcuts. This one feels of pretty cut and
0: dried to me, Jason.
1: You know, the um you know what's funny is that um I believe we put in our in our entries before the result of the upgradients were yep. known, and both of us picked shortcuts too. Yep. <laughs> so I think that it's, it's you we agree know, with you, listeners.
0: <laughs> this is you know what what better iOS app has occurred this year. I, I know it, it comes from Apple technically, but. This uh, this app is, you know, look, Workflow won in 2014 as best newcomer iOS yes, app.
1: Yes, again, the original winner has sort of come back around again uh, to be the winner in the newcomer category, which is weird, but uh, it makes sense. It won best iOS
0: app, Workflow did, in 2016. So it has only, you know, it has a, a great lineage in these awards, you know, like the, yeah. the Workflow has it because it is such an incredible application. And when it becomes part of, Apple, when it's part of technically the operating system, yeah. how could it not win?
1: Yeah, it's it's a huge step that such a great app got uh, swallowed whole by Apple and then just emerged as itself, but now it's on the inside and it has all the power and the marketing reach and all of these things and they they didn't mess it up. I mean that's mm-hmm. the, that's the bottom line is that it, not only is it great, but Apple didn't like break it into little pieces and make it kind of a muted version of itself. it is still you know all the stuff we loved about workflow and then access to new stuff and with a, a huge amount of potential on the horizon. so uh, yeah it's uh, it's great.
0: This one's easy. It it's, it's yeah. very easy when, you know. Short shortcuts, best newcomer iOS app twenty eighteen. It's kind of funny. It's now won three awards, but not in the same category. It's I never would have imagined an app to win best newcomer twice.
1: Twice? How could that? Right? But I think it's totally legit. I feel like
0: the counter starts again with shortcuts. You know, it's it's sure. it's different now. This is an new, new app
1: owner, now. new name, mm-hmm. uh, and and as you said about Apollo coming out in twenty seventeen, it's like also you know we make the rules so yeah shortcuts is are a newcomer rules. we make the rules
0: All right, let's take a break before we get into the uh, Best Overall Mac App. Uh, The Best Overall Mac App category is brought to you by our friends over at Pingdom. Pingdom are amazing because they help keep your sites and the sites that you love online. Pingdom monitor your website so you don't have to and give you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. The internet is amazing, but things break every single day. In fact, Pingdom detect more than 400,000 outages every day. It doesn't matter how big your website is, whether you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company, you need alerts about any critical website issues. Pingdom will let you customize exactly how you're alerted, depending on the severity of the outage. They will track and analyze your website's load time so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. They have a no-fuss approach to get started, too. All Pingdom needs is the URL that you Want to monitor and they'll take care of the rest. Go to Pingdom.com slash Relay FM right now for a 14 day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code upgrade at checkout to get a massive 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. Best overall Mac app. So the upgradians voted thusly, with 4.7% of the vote goes to Omnifocus. 4.9% of the vote goes to things. This was super interesting to me. One, that they're so close. And then also that things won because OmniFocus seems to really be the, like, you know, the, the, the kind of the flag bearer for this stuff. And then at 5.6% of the vote is 1Password. Uh, this category had probably the most singular entries I'm um, sure. Of any category, uh, because the upgradians got to just write in what their favorite Mac apps were. And oh boy, was there some stuff I'd never heard of. But <laughs> it's super close in the vote. One password at 5.6% takes the upgradians' votes. Jason, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I have no real dog in this race. Like, I, I don't really know where to put my vote. Um, it's just going to go to stuff that I voted for in the past, you know, the tools that I am using, you know, tools like Final Cut or Logic or audio hijack right like that's where my vote's gonna go yeah and for me like i don't really know where to put it so i'm kind of i want to see what you have to say and then contrast that with the upgradians
1: well here's here's the truth mike and this goes back to sort of our conversation about ios it i think it says a lot about where the mac is today and where Mm -hmm. it's going Mm -hmm. um uh, you know this is a category, and and doing my like favorites of the year list for six colors. And quite honestly, even back when I worked at MacWorld, the Eddie Awards got harder and harder to come up with Mac awards in. Yep. Because the Mac as a platform, there's still some stuff happening, but it it is you know slow. It has sort of crystallized. That's just the truth of it. I think that's one of the huge motivators behind Apple. Trying to make it possible for people who use UIKit to write iOS apps to have those apps run on the Mac is that it's they've got a huge developer base that knows how to make iOS apps and they can't write Mac apps they, without learning new stuff. And this is going to be a much easier path for them. And I, I would make a prediction that next year's Mac apps categories and the upgradees are going to be way more interesting because of it. Yep, and. And so, I mean, this is just the truth. I love my Mac, but my Mac, the tools I use on my Mac are largely versions of the tools I used on my Mac a long time ago. It doesn't really change. In fact, one might say the appeal of the Mac is that it doesn't really change. Mm -hmm. That it's the tools that you, that's the kind of tool it is now, is it's the stuff that you rely on. Like BB Edit, you know, I could give BB Edit an award every time because I've been using it to write on my Mac for uh, 20 years or whatever. And, And if you look at our winners in these categories, it is often... And just the tools we use because the most important things we do on our Mac, you and I, are um, are our professional tools. So in this category, Final Cut, Logic, Audio Hijack, and uh Fantastical when it came out, which is which is a great app, but it's you know, it's a utility and Fantastical 2 won best newcomer. So I mean there, there's not, you know, there's not a huge flow of Mac apps where you're like, whoa, this blows me away. The, you know, the apps that I spend most of my time in, and ha- this has been true for the last few years. There's probably five of them, mm-hmm. and they haven't changed. You know, it is, I can, I, it's what's in my talk, right? It's yeah. like, you know, Safari and Twitterific and Slack and iTunes and Fantastical and, uh, you know, maybe something like Sound Studio and it's Logic and Final Cut and BB Edit and. I mean, it's just, it's the the tools. So what I'm saying is it's not a very exciting category. Um,
0: This was the reason we created the Upgradians voting last year, because the two of us couldn't really come up, especially in the newcomer Mac app category as well. We just weren't sure that we had enough to say ourselves. So we brought in the Upgradians, and that has been great, because these three applications, these three Mac apps, and again, for the newcomer Mac app is maybe stuff... With stuff I haven't used, some of it. And, and I think that it adds into the conversation overall. But, um, but do you actually have a, a, a specific application that you wanted to pick rather than just going to the Upgradians for this vote?
1: I did. And I, uh, lo- I did not look at our history when I picked it. Um, uh, basically, I want to put in, and again, it's because of what I do, but I want to put a word in for Rogue Amoeba in general because that is a company that makes great Mac apps mm-hmm. and they make great Mac apps that are mostly around sound. They're around audio and they are building modern, great looking, functional, clever Mac apps. And, and quite honestly, this is an area where iOS can't eat the max lunch because yep. iOS can't do audio stuff. iOS apps can't do, they don't have access and rogue Amoeba. So I I wrote down audio hijack, which has one before, um, they've added some stuff uh, this year. They added so all of the live streams we all do now are out of audio hijack. That actually, while I was at your bachelor party, <laughs> yeah, we we were sitting next to each other on the sofa. <laughs> uh, Paul Kafas has pushed out the beta note. Literally, eighty uh, percent of the people on the audio hijack beta for live streaming were in the room. Yeah, because it was you and me and Stephen and and Marco. I think mm-hmm. the I think Dan Warren was the only. one. Other person on the beta list who wasn't there like it, it was but like that was huge because they had discontinued their old app nice cast and then they built that app's functionality essentially into uh just an update to audio hijack and so now i can record i record my microphone the skype connection i i build for the incomparable i build our bootleg mp3 it just I don't do anything to it. When I'm done, I stop recording and I upload the resulting bootleg file that is set. It's an MP3. It's got the show art. uh, And now I live stream in there too. I, you know, I'm compressing the audio on the fly. So all the volumes are are matched in the bootleg yep. that happens in audio. Yep. Hy- it's just, it's amazing. And it's that uh, super simple um, once, once you, again, it's a pro tool, but like once you get used to it, like the blocks and the and the flow chart <laughs> interface, it's like, it's super visual. You can see what is happening. That's Krista Morgan who designed that. Um, And then, so they updated it this year. And then I'll throw in, you know, they they have uh, Farago, which is their soundboard utility. And we used soundboard from, um, oh, what was the name of that company that basically went out of business? Uh, Oh, I don't know. Ambrosia, uh, for years and years, right? And it was, but it was an old piece of software. Well, they, you know, Rogue Amoeba wrote Farago, which is, you know, if you want to play sounds into audio, whether you're being a DJ or you know whatever, or a podcaster. So they they brought that out, and then they had a new version of Loopback this year, uh, which is a great tool for creating kind of virtual in in and out interfaces, so you can move audio around on your Mac from app to app. Um, these are all great tools. So I wrote down Audio Hijack, but when I think about Mac development, one of the you know one of the few places where I see really clever, original, uh, pushing the platform forward for what it's good for, it's uh, the Rogue Amoeba stuff. So that's that's kind of my plug for Audio Hijack, new version in in general, and uh, and all of Rogue Amoeba in even more general. I would like to give the award to Audio Hijack. Um, Purely because of the
0: fact that they added the live streaming functionality into it, which was a real big help for me. (laughs) (laughs) Because it made our stream sound better as well as just save us. Because NiceCast was really an application that was kind of just like clinging onto the cliff with the edge of its fingertips um and and there was always complaints that the audio levels were all wrong and I can now fix all of that and have fixed all of that because audio hijack audio hijack is like shortcuts but for audio you know like in a yeah. way that you can visually build it but like I could never fix it in in nice because it was just too confusing for there was me. a way
1: to add a plug-in to compress the audio and stuff but that old interface which was which the old audio it. hijack interface was just so cryptic and mm-hmm. the new one is so simple um so so that, that's great. I mean, we'll give it to Audio Hijack, but I, I just, you know, in general, I would say it's also kind of an acknowledgement of the other apps that they're building yeah. because they have this whole suite of really great audio apps and you might need only one of them or you might need all of them. I need all of them, yeah, but Rogue uh, it's, it's are, great.
0: Are a shining example of what people consider Mac apps to be. Right. They're not, they're not just good apps on the Mac. They are good Mac apps, right? Like, there are a lot of good apps on the Mac, but they don't feel like Mac apps. Audio Hijack and all of the other but apps feel like good Mac apps. They, they are definitely like a... They hold that, right? Like, that's the thing that they're very good at. So, it's two-time winner. Two-time winner. If it ever wins About- again, lifetime achievement. Mm, so, that, Paul, I don't know what you're going to have to do for us t- to win again, but you never know. Maybe kill another one of your apps and add, the, app. add it into Audio Hijack. I don't know. That's, that's, that's what you got to do. So <laughs> we now move into, I think, an even more complicated category, which is the best newcomer Mac app. Um, the Upgradians voted thusly. At 5.8% of the vote is Agenda, which is that note-taking slash calendar app. OmniFocus 3 brings 7.1% of the vote, and the Drafts 5 beta. Is at eight point nine percent? This is unprecedented. I think that, well, at least from the upgradians, we d- we did give uh, F- forecast, which was Marco's app. Actually, we-, we put that in this in this very category in twenty sixteen right. when it was just a beta. So it- I I correct myself. It is in fact a very precedented thing that there would be a Mac beta app in this category. I have absolutely no um, e- even a hint of a nominee for this one. Do you?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, I I think it's great that the Upgradians helped us out here. Uh, The problem is that I've never used any of these apps. Me either. Absolutely none of them.
0: Doesn't mean we can't give the vote to it. But uh, I have not used any of them.
1: Yeah. So uh, (laughs) I am going to make a nomination that is going to be unpopular. Oh, dear. It is, is in fact, a... um, an app that i am on the record uh not liking (laughs) this is interesting we're setting
0: this up interestingly okay here's the thing
1: what happened on the mac this year that added functionality that made me happy and the fact is adding the home app in mojave so that i could turn my lights on and off and stuff From and get alerts from my lock, my uh, smart lock when it opens and stuff. That is that is the thing that I appreciated the most uh, that was new on my Mac this year. I, so I'm going to nominate the Home app. It's straight out of iOS and oh it's coming God. to your Mac. And now, oh I look, there it is. It's got it's I, the Home app, everybody. Oh Yay! My God. Oh
0: my God. I can't. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can do this. I just for the like the. The, the anger that it will bring about in the Upgradians that the best newcomer Mac app is a Marspan app.
1: It's just like a bad Mac app and an OK iOS app. You're worried that they're going to bring their their torches and their pitchforks to Castle Upgrade. And I'm scared.
0: I throw it know. out.
1: Throw the monster out.
0: Well, look, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a dog in this race. I've not used any of the applications that the Upgradians voted. I've not even used the Home app because... Uh, the only app that I have on Mojave is the Mac Mini and to be honest I completely forgot that the home app even existed so I'm going to leave this one down to you I am absolving myself of picking a oh winner
1: in this, in this category well um, I I don't because i didn't so one thing that i didn't do that i probably should have done um but i don't think i saw the list of upgradian votes was actually try out all of the upgradian nominees mm-hmm. since i haven't like agenda looks really good um omni Focus, win, everybody loves
0: uh, one of apple's awards i think it did right like it won yeah. the the apple design award I, th- I think or one of the um oh it was the max story
1: select that's what it got uh sure of course I think we need, in, in instead of leaving this category vacant, I think we just need to bow to the will of the, of the 8.9% of UpGradians and give it yep. to the largest voted uh, vote block, mm-hmm. which is dr- the Drafts 5 beta. People love Drafts. It's great on iOS. Uh, having it be on the Mac is also great. And the UpGradians have spoken. This is a combination host choice and listener's choice award. Uh, and... Uh, you know we decide who lives and who dies, but in this case we say uh, very well. Then Upgradians, well done. Yep. Drafts five beta.
0: Congratulations to Drafts, um, Agile Tortoise, to Greg. Uh, I'm looking forward to to playing. Oh, I- that... in
1: our spreadsheet you didn't even put home in as a runner-up. No, boo, no. Boo. The,
0: the runners-up are OmniFocus, Three, and Agenda. I, I, <laughs> I will not. I just, I appreciate what you're trying to do with that. It's a, it's an interesting pick. Oh, you're changing it, huh?
1: Yeah, okay. It's Home is a runner-up. You can't take All that right. away from me.
0: Okay, so Draft 5 is the winner, OmniFocus 3, and Home <laughs> are the runners-up for the Best Newcomer Mac app. So we now move into uh, we move into some categories that I know very well. Uh, we move into our video and categories, and we're going to start off with our Game of the Year. Um, the Upgradians voted with 6.8% for Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, 16.9% voted for Spider-Man on PS4 and 18.5% voted for Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I found it very interesting here that God of War, which picked up a lot of the game of the year in many video game outlets, did not make it in to the top three and had less than Pokemon's 6.8% of the vote. So um, I'm going to say, I mean, I, I've, I've spoken about this uh, on Remaster. We, we did our game of the year. My game of the year is Pokemon Let's Go. Because of the nostalgia that I have for the Pokemon series. And Pokemon Let's Go does an incredible job of making me feel like a 10 year old again. Um, you know, I've been playing Pokemon games for 20 years, and Pokemon Let's Go is a remake of probably my favorite. You know, it, it goes back to the original roots, but is the story of Pokemon Yellow. Um, I love some of the additions that they've made. And having a game like this with this detail on the Nintendo Switch, I'm so excited for the future of the Pokemon series. Um, So Pokemon Let's Go is my nomination for Game of the Year.
1: So I have uh, an Xbox and I have a uh, Switch, although again, my son basically is the one who plays them. Um, I don't have a PS4, which is why I haven't played Spider-Man, which is one of those things where... And this has happened to me multiple times in the past where I think to myself, boy, I kind of just want to buy a console just so I can play one game on it. And you know what happens after that? I don't play it. That's the truth of it. Because the truth of it is I've learned this about myself that I'm never going to commit a long amount of time to a console game. I'm never going to have enough time to sit in front of the TV and, and play.
0: I will tell you though, I know this is kinda of pointless to say this, but um if you were ever going to do it, Jason, this Spider Man game is the game because I know, the story I know. you would absolutely adore. The story is so good.
1: The problem is again that I just don't I just don't see myself a lot of putting hours. in that putting in that kind yeah. of time on any game ever. Yeah,
0: you're looking at 25, 30 hours yeah. to get through the story.
1: It's just I just don't think I would I would ever do that. That's just mm-hmm. I'm trying to be uh be realistic about it i there are games that i have put time in and in fact my nominee is a game that i put a lot of time in but it's an ios game and i played it on the ipad and the difference there is that i don't have to turn on a console in my living room Mm. when nobody else is around and play the game i can just play it wherever when i'm on my ipad um and that makes a difference. That is that is actually a big difference in yep. being having the, the freedom to do that and move it move where I want and still play the game on my couch, in bed, uh, at the table, wherever I can play this game. And I did. I played it all the way through. Uh, it's probably the best I've been at a video game in years. I got I got really good at it and played the whole thing through. It was a wonderful adventure. And I got to the end and I had that feeling of fulfillment, having met all of the obstacles and. Uh, and uh, then basically stop playing it. I would actually recommend at this point that you don't
0: say the name of this game and we wait to the next category. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Because here's the thing. That game is incredible. I don't think it's going to win this category, but it very well could win the next one.
1: I think you're right. So, given the uh, love the Upgradians had, or at least 7% of them for Pokemon, and that you love it so much, mm-hmm. I think we should just acclaim Pokemon Let's Go. By the way, my dog's name is Eevee, so let's go Eevee. Uh, Pokemon <laughs> Let's Go is the winner. Uh, this was one, you know, we, we
0: both have our pet categories and this yes. was one this where this is yours I, this is mine and i kind of went into it would be a mighty strange
1: year if i had a very strong opinion yep. about many video games from which i could choose one as the game of the year that would be a strange year i would that's the year that i had no job <laughs> right. i will say
0: like just just for the to just to put this in just for the sake of it uh i would put Spider-Man in next um before red dead i have not yep. i have not played enough of the story of red dead yet but honestly Red Dead Redemption 2, whilst being an incredible game, did not grab me the way that Spider Man did. Um, and I was in like, for Spider Man. Like, I was yeah. finishing that game and I played nothing else until I finished the story. With Red Dead, I started it and uh, there's just. I've, I've been letting a lot of other video games in whilst I've been playing this. It's great. It's maybe just a little bit on the slow side for me, but. Cannot be happier about the fact that Pokemon Let's Go has picked up the upgradey uh, for this year. I just, I adore, I adore that game. If you want to hear more about why, just go listen to our Game of the Year episode of Remaster. I go into a lot of detail about why I love it, which is more than anybody needs right now. Because we should talk about the best iOS games of the year now. In at ten point four percent of the upgradeians' votes is Stardew Valley which is an incredible port, by the way, to, to iOS. That they, they did such a great job with this port. They have added some functions into that game that don't exist on any other platforms that make the gameplay so much better. So, like, they did a great job of that. At 17.5% is Holdown, which is a wonderful game. And I'll get to that in a minute because it's actually my nomination as well. And 18.3% is Alto's Odyssey. So, if you will allow me for a moment, Jason, to talk about Hold Down. Okay, um, this was a real surprise for me. This is one of those games. Every now and then, I was—I follow a lot of like video game journalists and stuff on Twitter. There will be a day where a game comes out and everyone's talking about it, and I download it and I'm hooked. And Hold Down was that. Um, it is like this weird cross between like Peggle and down well which is another game that i played that i enjoyed like it, there is some I, it's really hard to explain but you have to fire balls into blocks and you have to it's kind of like that um brick you know like where you got the little bar that moves along the bottom of the screen breakout f- breakout but upside down you go from top down um it is a really wonderful game that i recommend everybody play on ios just excellent um But Jason, why don't you now finish your uh, nomination for your pick?
1: Yeah, the the game that I invested all the time in and got really good at and is beautiful and has great music and sound and graphics and everything else is Alto's Odyssey, which the Upgradians and I agree on. So, well,
0: Jason, the reason that I didn't pick this is because I figured we should talk about another game. Alto's Odyssey is the best iOS game that's come out this year, without a shadow of a
1: doubt. Yeah, like I actually kind of want to play Hold Down. There's a game that I used to play that is no should. longer playable because oh, it's a yeah. uh, there's a, there's a game I can't even remember the name now, but it was a game where you shot like a laser and and then it basically it would bounce around and it's a very similar kind of getting the angles right. In uh, so I'm looking forward to yeah. playing Hold Down. Yeah, it's really good. Alto's Odyssey. It just, I mean, seriously, as I said earlier. I don't have a lot of time to devote to games, and that's the problem about like console games and stuff like that. I'll play some Mario Kart; that's a lot of fun. But like to play something that's going to require hours and hours of play. Um, the nice thing about Souls Odyssey is that though it requires hours and hours of play to get to the end, it's all in very short bursts where you're doing. You can do some runs, and and you've got your challenges, and you've got to knock off all the challenges to get to the end. And uh, for whatever reason, it captured me and i spent a lot of time playing it and i played the altos adventure but um it was alta's odyssey that that because of the different setting the kind of sand setting yep. and the, the added complications yep. different stuff you could get different achievements that's the one that really put it over the edge and i remember sitting uh looking at the high scoreboard and i saw serenity caldwell and she had like half a million points and i had like ten thousand points and i thought how you know and this this is a common thing for me right is that i look at ga- my game center friends and mm-hmm. they're all way ahead of me you have a lot of
0: friends that really like video games
1: and i just don't play them that much right mm-hmm. um and like 2 weeks later i had like 750,000 <laughs> points and i was at the top of my friends list and i was like oh <laughs> something Literally. is happening here and and it's true like when i finished the game and and achieved the last achievement i did one more run where I was just enjoying myself that was like, I mean, the last achievement is, is uh, go through, I think two sunsets or two sunrises or something. It's like go for an entire day. Um, so it, it is an extended thing. Um, but I did one last run where I just kind of did it for fun. And I knew that run was going to be my last run in the game because I was going to say goodbye. Like I did it all. And that was, a that was actually an amazing kind of feeling, strange feeling mm-hmm. of accomplishment and also kind of love and familiarity. Like, ah, oh, This is so great. We had such a good time together. And that's it. I haven't played it since. Uh, Alto's Odyssey is
0: the uh, the follow-up to Alto's Adventure, which won in 2015 for Best iOS Game. I was convinced that whilst the game looked amazing, it was going to suffer from the second album problem. Unless you just would never be able to live up to adventure. But it it surpassed Alto's Adventure in every way. Um, My favorite thing is the the environment changes. Uh, And I think that they really found a way to make the game more replayable. Because it's more varied. You don't feel like you're doing the same thing all the time. Um, And the music in the game is incredible. Um, Alto's Odyssey has joined the very small club of games for me that are infinitely replayable. Um, Like, I play this game all the time, like, on planes while I'm listening to podcasts. It's just, like, a way to just pass some time. And
1: yeah. And they have the Zen mode, right, where you can just play, and if you fall, you Mm -hmm. just get back up, and the the points don't matter anymore, and you're just having a good time, which is great.
0: Absolutely wonderful game, and I'm thrilled that we get to call it our
1: iOS game of the year for 2018. They need to do a sequel, a third game, just so that we can uh, put it in the Hall of Fame. I would be super surprised if they did it. <laughs> yeah, I, no, this is... Oh, you think so? Interesting.
0: Like, uh, well, I, I mean, I'd be, I reckon they would do another Altos game for sure. Because, honestly, oh, be it was also a success, right? Like, Yeah, that's true. Be, and so I think that it would be wild to me if they didn't at least give it a go. Like, I think, figure you try again for a third time, and if that one doesn't work, well, then you can put it to bed. But right. the second, I think, was probably even more successful than the first, at least it seemed that way. So Yeah, so good. So we are moving into talking about our favorite movie or TV show um, of the year. But before we do that, this category is brought to you by our friends over at Luna Display. Have you ever looked at your iPad and wished you could use it as a second display for your Mac? Well, Luna Display lets you do just that. Your iPad has a beautiful display. And who doesn't want more space when they're working on their Mac? You can put these two devices together and have a perfect crystal clear image quality reliable performance and wireless flexibility. You just pop the wonderful little lunar display dongle into your Mac and you're good to go. You, it will connect over Wi-Fi and that's great but if you don't have a Wi-Fi connection maybe you're traveling and you want to have your laptop and your iPad you can connect over USB and then you are have a workspace ready to go whenever you want so you can be productive at the office in the studio on the go. You have more screen real estate available to you without needing to buy a second screen. You can use the device that you already own lunar display can also act as a complete extension to your mac it's going to support your external keyboard as well as your Apple pencil and touch interactions as well um, I am in love with my lunar display I have it plugged into my Mac mini and I can just jump in like I had something a couple of days ago I had a I made a mistake actually in the document for um, the the like t- totaling up all of our results for the upgrades. And I needed to access the, the version history of the Google Sheet. Well, you can't do that on iOS, so I opened up my Luna Display while I'm sitting on my couch, and I went into I went into my Mac, my Mac Mini. I opened up Chrome, went to Google Sheets, and I was able to fix it because I have that power now that I can use my iOS device to my heart's content. But if I ever need a Mac, it's also my Mac now. It's just an app that lives on my iPad. How wonderful is that? Listeners of Upgrade can get an exclusive ten percent discount on Luna Display. Just use. Use the code upgrade at checkout when you go to lunardisplay.com. That is L U N A D I S P L A Y. Lunadisplay.com. Promo code upgrade at checkout for ten percent off. A thanks to Luna Display for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, Jason, you have been doing something in the document, and yeah. I think we have something a little bit unprecedented about to occur.
1: Yeah, we're going to split a category in two because wow. what was originally the favorite. So you, at the top of the show, you said no new categories. Uh, well, so what happened? What has happened is that the favorite movie category evolved into a favorite movie slash TV category, mm-hmm. and we had picks in both. At which point, I I feel like we have two categories here.
0: So we are adding a category. Ignore what Mike of the past said. Uh, We now have a favorite movie category. Um, So we have two picks here because we originally had the three picks. Uh, I apologize to everyone. This is just what we're doing now. Uh, (laughs) 5.7% of the vote for uh, movies went to Black Panther and 13.1% of the vote went to Avengers Infinity War. Um, I just want to say that I love these two movies. Um, I've seen both of these movies. I prefer Black Panther to Avengers. Um, yeah. I left the cinema on the both times I've seen Infinity War. And it wasn't that like I felt sad because of the fact that everybody died, right? Like 50% of the people died. Half of everybody dies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I figured that, you know, they'll find a way to work out whatever. But I just kind of left that movie with like not an amazing feeling. Like sure. I did when I saw Black Panther, where I just felt, incredible afterwards because it was like this is a super fun movie where like a lot of incredible stuff happens and it's beautiful and it's colorful and it's funny where infinity war is is supposed to be challenging and that gave me a not as good movie experience i think um
1: yeah so. i i mean i uh, as you might expect i in especially in the the incomparable uh, people we, we have these conversations a lot about these movies and I I like Infinity War um, for what it is but what it is is essentially the big climax of a shared universe it's it's not really a movie even it's just a... Well it's
0: half of it it's not even the, the full climax. It's a yeah.
1: half of the season finale of the TV show that is Marvel Cinematic Universe
0: That's a beautiful way to put
1: it. <laughs> That's just a different kind of thing. Is it a movie that stands alone? I mean you could watch it but like the relationships the stuff I love about Infinity War is seeing all these characters that we know in a acting together and the relationships they've got that's the stuff that's great uh and that requires many other movies and uh that's just i think if you've seen all the marvel movies which i have uh there's a huge payoff in infinity war but is it like a movie as we think of it i i i think not black panther is a movie and it's a really great movie and um i think it should be nominated for oscars i think it is a superhero movie that is in some ways, a standard superhero movie and yet has some very interesting things to say about, uh, a, it's got a point of view, say about society and culture. Um, it's got a point of view. Um, you know, it is also showing uh, representation that is not as common in, in movies in general and superhero movies in particular. Ryan Coogler, really great director. Uh, you know, the, the cast is great. The villain is the best Marvel villain. Um, Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, just the best. Um, and going into, uh, the, this process, I was pretty sure that that was going to be my pick for best movie. And then I saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which is the best movie I saw all year, which shocks me because it is this, you know, Sony pictures, animation film where they're trying to take all the Spider-Man intellectual property and turn it into other movies because they, they get that. They have the license for that from Marvel. Um, and it it's a movie that made me ask why are we even bothering with live action actors and superhero movies when you can create an animated film with this kind of uh artfulness that it's fun, it's exciting, it sounds great, it looks amazing and uh I will I'll also say um I feel really bad for Pixar because Incredibles 2 is a very good movie. And in another year, you might look at that and say, "Well, there's the Oscar for Best Animated Feature," and Pixar has been such a leader in this in in, in animation for so long, but um, this movie outdoes that. This movie is is one of those that's going to set the the standard for uh, animation and new things that animation can do. It is amazing. So uh, that's my choice: is Spider-Man into the Spider Verse.
0: I have not seen this movie yet. I am going to see this movie in the next couple of days purely because everybody that I know is freaking out about this movie to the point that I have no problem making it the movie of the year just because everybody that I know and trust is going wild for this movie.
1: It actually came out, I think, during our uh, upgrading and voting category so that it's not represented in the top of the voting is not necessarily representative of the feelings of upgrading. And so yes, we will declare it. People should go see it while it's in the theater. If you can, it is not just a silly uh, cash grab animation spinoff. It is, it's the guys behind the Lego movie who, who really kind of drove it forward. Now, the animation, the animation well. style is so interesting and different. And it doesn't feel like you're, you're, it's not a generic CGI animation movie which is not I don't want to belittle that but like Pixar kind of set a standard for uh for what uh you know they I mean they made the first full on CGI feature film and and you know there are a lot of movies that are in that sort of style and this is trying to take kind of hand drawn animation looks with you know obviously it's all done in 3D but like the the way the artfulness of it the way things are rendered the the facts I mean to get down to some details like um, because I, you know, am fortunate to know some people who work in in like the VFX industry, like the fact that they're animating on um, on what they call twos and and ones and mixing them where it's like one frame uh, uh, per frame versus sort of doubling frames, which is where you get a little more kind of herky jerky style and it changes how you view like blur and stuff and like the choices they've made. There are moments where you think you're watching animation overlaid over live action but it's not it's all animated they're just doing things to make your mind be like whoa what am i seeing now it pops out of the frame they're uh their rack focus their out of focus uh background stuff is uh color smeared to make it look like a badly offset printed comic book to kind of give a comic book feel to it it's brilliant it's a brilliant technical piece of work and it's a great story and it's funny and it's got a great hero at the center of it who is miles morales who is the the uh, another spider-man uh for those who don't read the comics who is a great character uh it's it's yeah it's just it's great it's gonna be i think a milestone uh i uh, for animation not just this year but like people are gonna be like um wow animation can do things we didn't even think were possible before blimey all right i can't wait to see this movie i've overhyped it for you now yeah (laughs) it's a good spider-man movie it's fun
0: just enjoy it so we now move into the tv new the new tv category Uh, there's only one upgrading vote left in that which was the good place at 5.2 percent. oh so good Yeah, I have actually started it. So I watched the first, I watched like the first half of the first season, thought I'd figured it out and got bored of it, um, which I know is, I'm not the only person who's been that way, which is why, you know, everybody says, like it's it's like with all good TV shows, like there's some caveat, right? Like every good TV show has a caveat, and the good places caveat is you've got to stick through the first season, right? Like, because then everything
1: starts to... It clicks into place and then horrifically out of place. The whole delight of it is that you you think you think they've set up like every standard sitcom. They've set up the premise and now they're going to riff on that for the next four years. And that is not what happens in no. that show.
0: So uh, I'm. It has become my like. This is what I will watch when I'm traveling. TV shows, so because it's all on Netflix here and it's all downloadable. So it's you know, right. It's great. So uh, good place at five point two percent. I'm going to vote for Patriot. That is my favorite TV show that I've seen this year. Um. I think it's wonderful. Uh, We we were able to watch both seasons back to back uh, uh, very recently. And I absolutely love that show. It's great performances throughout. It's very funny. It's very affecting. Um, I really, really love it. I I don't want to say too much about it, honestly, because I think it, I went into the show mostly cold, basically just knowing that a bunch of friends of mine liked it. um, And I was not let down by that show in any way
1: so patriot for those who don't know because it's not a very descriptive title and if those haven't heard haven't heard me talk about it on other podcasts on tv talk machine tim goodman and i rave about this show all the time we've given it an alternate title because amazon named it patriot and it's really boring and it's on amazon so you need to get have prime video to see it
0: that name put me off so i'm like i don't want to rip right rah, rah, american tv show
1: so what we uh what we call it tim and i uh we call it sad spies that's perfect
0: yeah, it's, that's that's what it
1: is. That's what it is. It's sad spies. There's a spies there's a sad man in a, man in a suit, and they're very they're very sad. There's a there's a dad spy and a son spy sad and dad, a brother who's. Son. Yeah, there's the and then there's, like, a politician brother, and there's sad, sad. people who work in the plumbing industry. And They're all sad. Everybody is very... There's a sad detective in Luxembourg. But it's They're also very funny, though. It is like, incredibly funny. It is, you
0: know, sad and depressing in places, but hilarious and uplifting
1: in others. Like, it's really good. The people are sad. The show is incredibly funny. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, it's a weird show and it's probably not for everybody, but it is one of my, it might be one of my, you know, actually I would, I would go out on a limb here and say that I think the three shows that we're nominating here are my three favorite TV shows right now. Hmm. So, uh, we can pick, but they're all great. So the Patriot Patriot is great. Sat Spies on Amazon. Good place. It's on Netflix. The, if you're in the, in certain places, the third season is on NBC in the U S but, Um, First two seasons are on Netflix everywhere. And then my choice is Counterpart, which is on Stars in the US. It's been slowly rolling out internationally. Um, You can get on iTunes the first season. Um, And it's one of these frustrations where it's on this obscure service and therefore hard to find. And it frustrates me because it is my favorite TV show of the year. Um season two is on now. Season one started late last year. This is a show with J.K. Simmons, who is an incredible actor, giving an amazing performance. When if you think about um everybody was raving about the performance in Orphan Black by Tatiana Maslani, where she's playing five different, you know, clones basically. So it's five different characters, but they're all her. Mm-hmm. Um, that is an amazing performance. J.K. Simmons gives a Similar or perhaps even better, but certainly similar performance in its brilliance. In counterpart, it is a uh, it is a spy show as well. This is more of a Cold War spy show with a science fictional twist. That it's very hard um, not to spoil it because I think all the descriptions talk about it. Um, if you have uh, if you are uh, really good and don't get spoiled about it and just watch the show, watch the first episode um you'll discover the twist and it's great um it's great even if you don't know the t- or even if you know the twist but uh it is a, a fun twist and it means that uh it it amps up the amount of work that JK Simmons has to do and that there are other great characters in it too it is it, it's set in Berlin um so it, it definitely has that cold war spy thriller kind of vibe to it um at the same time though it is about these characters and it is about uh, the choices we make and don't make in our lives and where they lead us. And, uh, it is so, you know, so that part of it is the part that really pushes it over the edge for me and, and makes it that much better. So counterpart, if you can find it, I highly recommend it.
0: So as the guy who's
1: seen all three of these, how do you want to stack this? I am so happy that you like Patriot, that we should just pick Patriot. Yay! Cause that, that is, that is my one B uh, that is, a that is such a weird, great show. Um, if people follow Merlin on Twitter, they've probably seen Merlin post nonsensical things that are all from Patriot, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that kind of show. Yeah, it's a great show. But all three of these are great shows. People should watch all three I of them. I
0: found out about it from Dubai Friday. That, that's where I kind of found out about it, Because but I've not listened to... Well, I've actually gone back and listened to the episode. That, that I think it went about. from
1: TV Talk Machine to Merlin... Mm-hmm. To do by Friday to you to yep. the upgradees, so yeah, love that chain. It's come all the way around. So let's
0: now move into our favorite Mike at the movies from Upgrade. So this Ooh. is um
1: th- the
0: idea of this is it is the favorite segment from this. I-, I think that a lot of the time this this it's difficult to see, especially with the up gradients how they vote for this i tend to believe that people just tend to vote for their favorite movie that we did a michael the movie's about so we have 21.1 for aliens 26.5 percent for hamilton which is technically Mike at the matinee but it will count and <laughs> avengers infinity war 39.7 um, percent of the vote which is a very large percentage for me it was hamilton because I loved Hamilton so friggin' much, and, and I was so excited. One of the reasons that I was so excited to see that show was to get to talk to you about it, um, yeah. and because all I wanted to do was talk about it anyway, uh, but I was really, really excited to get the chance to talk about Hamilton on Upgrade, um, and I loved talking about it, but I loved seeing it. I've seen it twice now. Uh, I still listen to
1: the album all the time. It's different the second time, right?
0: Oh, it's so different, but oh boy, it's a do really I cry different feel the second time. Yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. all the same places.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. it was, hey, everybody, it's two guys who've seen Hamilton twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People don't like to hear it, but it is really different the second time. I'm hoping yep. it's coming back to San Francisco. I'm hoping to go again, but we don't have tickets. So we'll see. Um, uh, my pick was Totoro, only because I love that movie, and it was very amusing to see you. It's like, to me, the prime Mike of the movie's experience, which is Mike has no idea what he's getting into here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in something that is very different. And uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. As, as the other person on that episode, <laughs> I really enjoyed you going through that experience of a movie that I know by heart, but that, um, that you had no idea what you were getting into but i'm happy to acclaim hamilton because that was a great experience i'm so happy hamilton is one of my favorite things that uh, you know works of art that have ever been made in the yeah. last few years yeah. Yeah. so i'm happy to have that that you got to experience it it was also something long in coming right because you bought the you got those tickets like a year in advance yes and then we waited it was and waited one and waited. year
0: and one week in advance because when i bought the tickets and, and told Adina, you know, she's like oh we're going next week's like no no <laughs> We're going next, <laughs> next week year or, or year. a week. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're in London, it's actually not incredibly difficult to get tickets now. Um, so I would really, really recommend that you go and see it. So we'll move into the favorite book category that I never have any votes for. Uh, no. Because I just don't read books. You never learn it, to read. It's the Upgradians voting went thusly. Uh, with 3.2% of the vote is Bad Blood
1: by John Carreyrou. Carreyrou? Oh, that's the one about the the um, the Theranos uh, con job. Oh, company. I've heard yeah. great things
0: about that book. Yeah, well, I've actually had the entire book described to me twice, uh, which sounds great. Eight point seven percent is an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green, which is a book that I actually really want to read. Um, it's kind of a I, I think at its at its core, it's about like social media's influence in the world i think is kind of like one of the themes which is some i actually do want to read that i have a tab open uh in chrome to get that on audible and at 13.8 percent of the vote it's not surprising to me is creative selection by ken kushenda uh
1: which is a book about apple stuff (laughs) yeah of course so um what happens in this category every year, people who haven't listened to the Upgradies before may not know this. That what happens is then I tell you what my favorite books of the year are, and I pick my favorite, and that's the winner. Yeah. That's what happens. Yep. So I thank all the Upgradians for sending in these picks. It's great to have your voice heard. Now I'm going to choose the winner. <laughs> um, all right. I have three books that were my three favorite books of the year, and I'll share them with you now. One is a book that listeners may love. It is called Type Set in the Future by Dave Addy. It is basically a coffee table book. He's the guy who has been writing these long essays on the web about how type and interface in science fiction movies portrays the future. You've probably read at least one of them. He did one about Alien. He did one about 2001. He did one about Star Trek: The Motion Picture. He mm, did one okay. about Wall-E that he just posted. It imagine so and with copious like screenshots and details. And he turned it into a coffee table book. It is a beautiful, heavy, high-quality printed, so many images. It is a great use of the paper book format. And I highly recommend people get the beautiful paper book of typeset in the future. If you like user interface design and typefaces and science fiction movies, this is your jam. I like those things. This is my jam. Great book. Dave Addy typeset in the future. Um, and then I have two novels, uh, as I've said on this show before, um, one of the delights in, um, doing the grind for the incomparable of reading like every, um, nominee for all the major science fiction and fantasy novel awards and you know that means like here's your assignment for one podcast is read 14 books it's a lot of investment for a very small amount of time on a podcast ultimately but what i get out of it every year is a book or two when people say hey you read a lot of books what is what was your favorite book what should i read do you have a book for me i get that a lot i get do you have a book for me and every year by going through that process i find one or two books that i'm like oh yeah I do have a book for you because there are these delightful surprises of books that I might never have read had I not been going through the short lists and I discovered them. So um, I have two this year. One is that discovery, which is a book by Theodora Goss named uh, The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter, which is a story set in uh, the 19th century in London. It features A bunch of characters from literary history all kind of put together. Um, Ultimately, it's a story of a group of women who are the monsters in classic literature. And they're the heroes in this book. That's the short version of the premise. So it's Hmm. uh, the daughters of Mr. Hyde and Dr. Jekyll. Ooh, okay. It is uh, the Bride of Frankenstein. It is a character from a uh, a Nathaniel Hawthorne short story who is a woman who is poisonous to the touch. Um, also, Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson are in it. Um, Renfield from Dracula is in it. There's it's just all of these characters together, and it is a it is like a Sherlock Holmes story in that it's kind of this uh, a mystery that's being pursued by uh, by Miss uh, Jekyll and her ever accumulating group of friends who are you know and i, I really like the, the it way it sounds really good it's 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 a super fun book there is a sequel that um is also fun the sequel is very long it's like two books uh i didn't like it as much as the first one because the first one's a little bit snappier but uh it's a lot of fun great characters uh and and uh sherlock holmes and dr watson are used really well in it too it's uh it's just it's great so uh the strange case of the alchemist's daughter. And then the other book that I want to recommend to people, uh, which I imagine will be on the short list for the coming year, but I have already read it, is a book called The Calculating Stars by Mary Robinette Kowal. Uh, It is a, I mean, technically it's an alt history because it's set in a slightly different set series of historical events than than ours. Um, It's already kind of not quite the right history. Uh, and then, kind of, a cataclysmic event happens. But really, what it's about is it's an alt history look at an alternative space program. Uh, in the late 50s and early 60s where they're trying to get people in space. And it's the story, the main character is, uh, you basically already know from the beginning, like, she's the lady astronaut. It's actually called the Lady Astronaut series. And the whole idea here is you're basically watching this character who is ultimately going to be the first woman in space as a, and, and how she has to struggle with... Her sort of fame that she has, and also uh, the politics and the and the sexism and the racism of the era, to ultimately be one of the astronauts who gets to go to space. And there is a sequel that was released actually two months later, so it was basically a, released as a pair. And the sequel is great too. And in the sequel, they go to Mars. So it's awesome. Uh, it's a great book. It's the best book I read all year. It's The Calculating Stars, and that would be my choice for the uh, for the winner in this category.
0: So the calculating stars uh, is going to be the winner. Uh, what do you want? What do you want to be the 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 runners up?
1: The runners up. Let's put creative selection and uh, typeset in the future in there. Wonderful. I think that they are actually
0: probably pretty good picks just in general for listeners yeah. of this show. For our right? listeners,
1: yeah. So if you want a novel, read the calculating stars, or maybe the strange case of the Al- Alchemist's daughter. But I would say uh, for upgradians, uh, check out uh, creative selection if you haven't. Sure, that's a good book. I read it. I reviewed it and uh, and uh, typeset in the future.
0: So we're going to move in now to talking about some technology stuff. We're going to talk about some products and some stories. And the favorite okay. Apple product of the year, this is a big one actually, is our next category. And that award, that category is brought to you by Cane 11, the company who make ridiculously comfortable socks in precisely your size. Here's the deal. The socks that you're wearing right now, they're going to be like a one-size-fits-a-group affair. Like, oh, it's either one-size-fits-all or one-size-fits-seven to ten. Like, But the thing is, we don't have the same size feet. We don't wear shoes that way. And this is what Kane 11 thought to themselves... We should do something about this. So Kane 11's merino wool socks offer a precise fit. They come in 11 sizes from 7 through to 17. That's where the 11 comes from in Kane 11. Uh, You will be amazed when you feel the difference of socks that truly fit. They are made in the USA with high-quality materials that will hold up wash after wash and are available in smart, confident styles to suit your look my cane 11 socks are without a shadow of a doubt the most comfortable socks that I own they would win the upgrade award winner for comfortable socks if that was a category that we had um, I cannot believe how good these things feel and I am going to be buying more and more and more of them they are really really awesome all cane 11 socks their purchases come with a cane 11 promise if for any reason you don't love them just send them back for an exchange or a return no questions asked cane 11 socks make the perfect gift for the person who has everything because they definitely don't have these and once you wear Kane Eleven socks, you'll never go back to that one size fits all again. To get your own Kane Eleven socks in precisely your size, go to Kane 11com upgrade and enter the promo code upgrade, and you will get twenty percent off your order. That is Kane one slash upgrade and promo code upgrade for twenty percent off your first order. Our thanks to Kane Eleven for their support of this show and Relay FM. Okay, Jason, so we're about to uh, kick this thing up a notch. Woo! Let's talk about our favorite Apple product of this year. Now, of every single category from the Upgradians, this one was the one I was most surprised with. All right, you ready for this? I am. So these were the votes. With 15.9% of the vote for the favorite Apple product this year was the 11-inch iPad Pro. At 18.1% was the 12.9-inch iPad Pro. 21.6% hmm. of the vote is the Apple Watch Series 4.
1: Well, you know, the consensus coming out of the September event was that the most interesting product was the Apple Watch Series 4. And it is yep. great. Like, I know that you aren't using an Apple Watch, but like the, uh, the
0: added it's screen... It's the very best Apple Watch by like a mile, right? Like It's, it's... a huge update. Yeah.
1: I, love, I love mine. I'm so happy to have the bigger screen and everything. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the story of a lot of apples products right now is that the hardware is amazing and the software is a little bit of a letdown which is interesting and i hope they're trying to address it because they are clearly the best in the world at making hardware and their software is kind of struggling but the apple watch series 4 is 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 great and it's funny that coming out of an iphone event the thing people were buzzing about the most was the apple watch that's i mean i think the iPhones were good right but like the apple watch was a a big step forward in a yep. category that where apple already had a lead Uh, in terms of the hardware. It was just super
0: surprising to me to see it stacked this way, that
1: it's both iPads and the Apple Watch. There's
0: no iPhones in there at all, right? The bigger
1: Um, iPad ahead of the smaller iPad too. Like that's... Ooh, yeah. I, what, I do think
0: that the, the the size differences this year tipped the 12.9 for a lot of people, right? That yeah. They're so close in size. I think for a lot of people, it made the 12.9 an easier purchase. A little more palatable than it was, yeah. Here's the thing. If you use a 12.9-inch iPad Pro, this one is so much better than the last one that your love for that device will probably eclipse most other devices you own. Uh, am i maybe showing my hand a little bit for my vote Uh, could be but i i am genuinely i was like i was really surprised to see the apple watch uh up there like again i think what it is and the reason i was surprised is because i would probably say that like more people own ipads than they do apple watches uh and more people definitely own iphones than they do apple watches right so like i wasn't necessarily thinking there would be enough people to put it there, but what I think it is, is the people that own the Series 4 Apple Watch, they absolutely love it, right, like, so while the maybe the overall numbers aren't there of people that own those products, you you know, I would say that most people that probably bought a new iPhone to go along with their new Apple Watch or vice versa, they probably love their Apple Watch more than they love the new iPhone, because the new iPhones are great, but there kind of really isn't anything amazing to them right like the, the camera's incredible but like the camera's yep. always
1: incredible you know like it's an improved 10 the 10 was the big jump and yep. this is i mean the 10r is a different kind of product but still they're all in the 10 family and they're all sort of like taking advantage of the advance that happened the year before where this is the big jump for the apple watch so that's the difference yep.
0: there the apple watch series 4 tops the uh the upgrading's vote but uh i've got to give it so here's the thing i've got to give it to, to the ipad pro but i'm gonna give it to the 12.9 yeah um I absolutely adore it. It is so good good. in every way. I love it. I love it so much. Um, It's the best iPad Apple's ever made, obviously. Uh, And and because I think for a while there, like especially in the last revision, like I think the ten point five for me beat out the twelve point nine because it was the design was cooler, Um, you know. But with the twelve point nine. It is smaller in the ways that it matters. It's the you know. It is lighter. It is a better-looking device. That whole the whole package of the twelve point nine, unbeatable now. Like that is an incredible, incredible thing. Would I still recommend the iPad Pro eleven inch to most people? Maybe, maybe I would. I I think that it is more questioned now than it was before. Um, but the the twelve point nine is easily my
1: favorite. I, I'm with you there. This is gonna be an acclamation from you and me that it's the iPad. when we agree, nothing can stop us. Yeah. <laughs> um, the iPad pro twelve point nine yeah i i um I think I talked about this on the show, maybe even right after the event, but like that um I've been thinking as a twelve point nine user. so the one that I bought was the first generation, um and so I've been using that a lot. and the the second generation twelve point nine had some nice updates. but I've been anticipating this one, but I've been thinking going into it like, you know, my wife uses the smaller iPad. It's nice. Um, it's so much lighter. I really was thinking, this new one I'm going to have to see, especially with the bigger screen and all of that on the on the smaller model, which turns out is the 11. Uh, I might go to the smaller iPad. And then I held the shrunken down 12.9, where they mm-hmm. did the opposite of what they did the 11, where they expanded the 11 screen. But the 12.9, they kept the screen and just shrunk everything around it both the right decisions, and it makes that 12.9, which is still big, and it's still much bigger and heavier than the 11, but they're closer, and, you know, it is, uh, as somebody who's been carrying the original 12.9 for a long time, it is so much nicer that it is thinner and lighter, and the accessories are thinner and lighter because of that, too, because so much, like the smart keyboard on the old 12.9, so much of its bulk and just kind of unpleasantness was the fact that it had to cover that whole huge surface area of the whole front glass of the screen. And there's a lot less surface area on this thing. Plus it's thinner. So in the end, I, you know, I was really open. This is one of those things where it's of course the 12.9 guy just got another 12.9. Like I really expected to go to the 11. And then I held the new 12 point and I was like, oh, like I, I don't need to compromise in order to get the smaller thing now because this is going to be it's Still the huge screen, but also uh, that much nicer. So yeah, it's it, they're both great, but uh, the twelve point nine is my choice too.
0: This is the first time that an iPad of any type has won an upgradey.
1: Well, it was the, it was the right time.
0: Let's say in this category. So it won most life changing hardware in twenty fifteen, but it, it's never won the uh, the the best Apple product, the favorite Apple product category. Yeah. amazing. And, yeah, I agree. This is the right time for it to win that. So we now move into the favorite non Apple product. There's some surprising ones in here from the Upgradient. So 2.6% of the vote um, is the Amazon Echo Dot third generation. At 3.1% of the vote is the Google Home Hub. I cannot fathom that, to be honest, (laughs) Uh, because it came out in October. I can't imagine how many people have actually bought it. And I do not like that product. I think it is... A cool idea, you know, like in the Echo Show is cool. Like I actually just spent uh, Christmas at my uncle's and he has an Echo Show. And we're probably going to get one. It it tipped me over the edge. I thought we wanted one, but now I definitely know that we want one. But the Google Home Hub, I actually find the, the hardware to be not very attractive at all. It's a white screen, which you can't change. You can change the color of the base, but I think the screen is always white. It has a huge bezel on it, which is super noticeable. Inter- I just find it very interesting that that, that it got the... Uh, and it, the screen's way too small. It's like a 7-inch screen or something. But yeah, it, it picks up the second in the Upgradians vote, and at top is the Google Pixel 3 with 7.4% of the vote. That is not surprising to me, um, because I figure if... If you don't use an iPhone and you listen to this show, you are probably using the best Android phone, or the like, you know, the, or the most stock Android phone, and the Google Pixel Three is it. And there's somebody who owns one, I own the regular size. Um, mm-hmm. It's a wonderful device. I think it looks great, um, even though it isn't edge to edge. I think the the actual design looks really good. That uh, I think that, and of course, you know, for me, that camera. That that camera beats the iPhone camera for me like 95% of the time. Um, I think that the Google Pixel 3 camera, and especially that night sight stuff that they did, it is an amazing device. Um, but for me, uh, I am going to go with the Bridge Keyboard as my favorite non-Apple oh. product, uh, which echoes my vote in 2016, where I voted for the Logitech Create 9.7 because I love that keyboard. It was wonderful on my 9.7-inch iPad Pro. And the bridge keyboard was just a, because it's a real story for me, you know, like I think in 2017, I really, I hated it because I bought one and I got, and I replaced it and it didn't work and it it sucked and I I hated it. But then I gave it a shot because they, they updated it and you said it was working perfectly. So I gave it another go and absolutely fell in love with it like it changed the way that i used my uh, my ipad at home like it was perfect because i'd also moved to using stands right we spoke about the stands that we used oh uh, yes and ultimately because this was a bluetooth keyboard and not a smart keyboard i would just use that keyboard when i put it in my stand rather than needing <laughs> another keyboard right so because it's right. just a keyboard when you take the screen off yeah. So I love the, the Bridge Keyboard. You had a, a a preview of the next Bridge Keyboard, which we're going to talk about next week because we yeah. need to get into some detail on that. Um, but I am very excited for the next ones. I cannot wait for them. Um, and it was one of my favorite products, bar none, this year. Um, and it made my, my iPad Pro, which obviously I love so much. Uh, the previous one, even I love that. Uh, it made that product even better. So I'm I love the Bridge keyboard and I just can't wait for the next one.
1: Yeah, I I echo you. The uh, the new one we'll talk about next week. But like the the bottom line is, it feels very much like the old one. Mm-hmm. It's just it fits the new design. But we'll get to that next week. Um, my choice. <laughs> I thought about this a lot. There's a bunch of uh, products I could put in here. Um, another thing that we should probably talk about next week is that I got a Roomba. Uh, and so that was (laughs) a fun tech product this year. Oh yeah. Mm, Oh boy. I got a story there, but it's doing great. Um, I I listened to your interview. Members may know that there's a special podcast where your Roomba is interviewed. Yep. Um, That's wild. (laughs) that's yeah. just the whole thing there's but well, the thing is that the episode is called something like a like a dirt event detected and i yep. laughed because i get that now yep um <laughs> the, the what a, everybody loves a dirt event if you're a roomba uh owner so um i thought about that uh, another sm- smart home tech we need to talk i got a smart lock we should talk about that sometime but not on this episode uh and that's been an interesting experience but in the end, the product that not only changed my house the most, that's a, a tech product, uh, but that I've really enjoyed the most, is this year I bought a new 4K HDR TV. I bought the TCL, 65 inch TV. TCL is, has frequently been the wire cutter pick for best uh, HD TV. And it's Beautiful. Like, it's beautiful. It's big 4K HDR stuff on it. Looks so great, including Patriot, Upgradey Winner Patriot on Amazon. That's a 4K HDR show. It is gorgeous on this TV and it's an enormous TV. My parents, when they moved went out of their motor home and into their house in Arizona, um, my dad wanted the biggest TV possible essentially so that he could uh, watch football and other stuff. And they got, uh, a, a, this plasma TV that I, it, it's still on the wall and it, it is, it is huge. And, uh, I got this thing and it, it like, it doesn't seem that huge, but the intervening 10 years or eight years or whatever it's been, um, what's happened is that all the bezels, as with all the other tech, all the bezels have gone away. (laughs) So my parents bought this plasma TV that I think is 62 inches, but it's got like five inches of bezel all the way around it. And my TCL TV is larger screen than the enormous, biggest possible screen in my family. Um, But it doesn't look it because it has almost no bezel. So, uh, that's a funny thing where I realized, "Oh my god, this TV is larger than the impossibly large TV uh in terms of screen size." And I love it. So it's great. Um 4K HDR TV is beautiful. And uh and I did buy an Xbox um 1X <laughs> so that I could play 4K Blu-rays on it too. But it's a great it's a great TV. I love it.
0: I don't know how I feel about your TV being the winner because I've not seen or used. And the winner TV. is
1: Jason's TV. Woo!
0: Yeah, this is weird, isn't it? What would you like to go with? I mean, you're a Bridge keyboard fan too. Yeah,
1: I think I think uh, I'll sign on for the Bridge keyboards. They're they're great. I love them. If you've got an iPad uh, of basically any size, they've got a keyboard for you or. <laughs> a pixel slate or a surface like they have a bunch of different ones that's true they they do uh, in fact i'm hopeful in fact what was really funny and we'll talk about this next week again but uh, a bunch of people were like well what if ios 13 enables uh trackpad support on the ipad and it's like you know what if that happens i'll be so happy that i'll that I'll, I'll wait for bridge to make a keyboard with a trackpad like they do for the surface and i'll <laughs> buy that one too <laughs> uh, because they do for the surface and they've got one coming from the pixel book as well yeah um it's you know Ideally, the vendor would like in an ideal world, Apple would really commit to the idea that some people want a convertible laptop and they would build something. They would design the iPad to work with a keyboard shell in a really intuitive way where they could go beyond what a third party can do. But Apple seems at this point to be very committed to the smart keyboard and not a more rigid keyboard with uh, with a hinge. And so, you know, Apple could make a better one, I'm sure, but they won't. And with a bridge keyboard, you can turn your iPad into a laptop when you want it to be a laptop, and then in a second, turn it back into a tablet, which is the the appeal of it.
0: So the winner of our favorite non-Apple made product uh, for 2018 is the bridge keyboard. Congratulations, bridge. So now we move into the worst gadget slash most disappointing technology, of the year. Uh, in a third place oh. from the Upgradians of 6.4% is the Facebook Portal. Facebook Portal is the uh, video calling screen thing that you can buy um, from Facebook, which just seems like a... I don't really know. I mean, my feeling on this is 6.4% of Upgradians have not bought and used this product and don't like it. They just think that it is a mad thing to buy. You know,
1: my So, Lauren doesn't watch... Uh, d- tech closely. We're sitting watching the World Series or something and that Facebook uh, portal ad comes on. And 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 it gets to the end where the punchline is like it, it's a camera that's in your home and it's sending things back to Facebook all the time. And she looks at me and she says, "Oh hell no!" <laughs> like yeah. like as a non tech person, she's like, Mm-mm, "Facebook no in my house is it's not going to happen." And uh, yeah, I wish Facebook all the luck in the world. That could be that could be the best by far product in that category, and it wouldn't matter given Facebook's track record.
0: I mean, it wasn't the wasn't the marketing team's fault, right? But like, they chose the exact worst time to make a product like this. True. There is not a worse time for Facebook than right now to try and sell a product like this. I can only imagine that thing will sell in the thousands of units at the most. No one's buying this right now. I just cannot fathom it. I can't envision it. At 6.9% is the HomePod. I was
1: super surprised to see that here with this amount of representation. I would not have been surprised at all six months ago. But I feel like the narrative has turned a little bit on the HomePod as it's gotten its software updates, and as there have been some people have bought stereo pairs or there have been sales, which I think show that it's just overpriced and if they Mm -hmm. bring down the price uh more people will be inclined to get it it is so much better with a pair but you really need to discount it if you're going to buy two of those things
0: it is not without its faults right like me and you even like as we record this yesterday were complaining on twitter about some faults that we were having with our home pod but i would nowhere near put it at this category of like my worst gadget i love my home pods but it just suffers from the same siri problems that all apple devices do
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm frustrated by... I feel like Apple has some very specific Siri problems that are exacerbated by the HomePod. And one of them is like, I think personalization and prioritization are something that's broken. We can probably talk about this on another show too. But when you ask for a playlist and it's the exact name of a playlist in that you made... And it instead gives you a random playlist that you've never seen that has mm-hmm. a similar name, but you said the exact name. So it's like it got the name and then it didn't pick the playlist that's like, and that's like a waiting problem. And it just seems like it's not waiting properly. It's not, uh, you know, prioritizing personal stuff over stuff that's out there. I heard from a lot of people who say things like, uh, you know, you name an album in your library and it gets something similar that's from Apple Music. It's like, why would you not wait the stuff in my library dramatically more? It's like, it's just stuff that they have to work on. But even with all those complaints, like I listen to all my music in the house with the HomePods now. I don't use, I, I almost never turn on the receiver and have it go through the Sonos, even though that's a nice experience and sounds better, but it doesn't sound better enough. Um, and the, you know, the Amazon echo that we've got doesn't sound good at all. So even though it has Apple music now, I don't listen to music on that either. I listen to it on the home pods. So, uh, it's, it's gone from being a, an iffy product pricey, but, and with missing features to being still pricey, although at least you can get some deals and, um, and good. So I, I'm, I wish it were better, but it's not a flop, which like it might've been, but it's not.
0: And then at 8.7% is air power. Now this is interesting, right? Because the product doesn't exist, but I think it's one of the biggest disappointments in technology product-wise this this year, because I mean we should have had it last year probably, uh, and it didn't come this year, and there's nothing on it. Apple seems to be almost acknowledging and not acknowledging its existence at different rates and speeds, and different teams and different products and different manuals and different web pages. This is an absolute abject failure like i am yeah i'm flabbergasted at how poorly (laughs) this thing has failed because it doesn't exist
1: you know um i left this blank because i wasn't sure because this is one of those things where you've got to kind of rifle through like there's a lot of bad gadgets and disappointing tech out there and i wasn't sure where i was going to go and because i filled out my my nominees a week ago um and like two days ago i was cooking and i had this moment where i thought Oh, it's air power. Like, I just mm-hmm. had this flash where where I started laughing and I was like, well, of course that's the answer. It's air power, or at least the ghost of where air power might be. Um, because... You know, it might exist someday and it might actually be good. I liked I always liked the narrative that Apple was kind of reinventing wireless charging, that, you know, but there was, there was that kind of uh, Apple arrogance behind it, right? Which is like every, the, this group, this standards body has been working on chi charging for years, but Apple's going to just walk right in and say, haha, we're going to fix it for you suckers and propose new extensions to the standard and all of that. And then silence because, um, What it says is that Apple had great confidence and ability to engineer a product the likes of which they had never made before. So confident that they announced it and then they couldn't ship it. And leaving this product aside, I hope there's a lesson there that will be taught at Apple (laughs) University, which is uh, restraining your enthusiasm about what your engineering capabilities are. Because classic Apple culture does not announce this product until it's working, until they they announce it and then when they're able to ship it. And, and a few times we've seen Apple announce products that were not close to ready, the HomePod being one of them. And uh, it seems a little desperate, like they're running scared, in terms of the HomePod because of the competition. AirPower just seems arrogant. That is an own goal. They had no reason other than maybe some pride like that they were announcing chi chargers but uh, weren't making one themselves. But also the, just the arrogance behind it. Like they could have made a chi charging puck and sold it for $40 more than all the others and uh, made a made a fortune on them. But they decided, no, 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 that's not enough for them. They want to do something even more. And they failed at it. And the arrogance that they announced it before they uh, actually had it in hand, it's just like, Hope that's I hope that's a lesson they're learning because this is why Apple doesn't pre announce stuff way in advance. Wait until it's in the hand and it's working and then announce it. You're Apple, you don't need to do that. So um I think by acclamation, air power is the most disappointing tech yep. of the year. You know, I've been thinking about
0: this. They are so lucky they adopted an open standard for wireless charging.
1: Right. Right. Imagine if they had shipped wireless charging on those devices and it only worked or it only worked sort of especially well. We don't know. It's possible that those iPhones have special charging tech in them that was designed to work with air power that never shipped. It's entirely possible. Um and we wouldn't know an extension to Qi that just has never been enabled because they didn't they didn't do it. So it is. I mean, seriously, monetarily, imagine if they had done an Apple charger, they would have sold a bunch of those instead mm-hmm. of just working with the partners. But mm, they didn't because they had this other thing that never never came. What a disaster! So congratulations,
0: Apple, you win the most disappointing technology <laughs> of the year.
1: So we're going to move
0: into our favorite tech story for 2018. The Upgradians voted at 4.1% of the vote was the Tesla Roadster that was launched into space with SpaceX. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. At 4.5%, I grouped together the various privacy scandals of Facebook. Um, And I understand when people say this is a favorite story, it's not necessarily something they're super happy about. But like the Facebook's year has been fascinating to watch unfold um so you know like they have had just disaster after disaster for the entire year but 13.1 percent is bloomberg's big hack story which was their thing and saying that that all of the technology companies that you know and love were using chips from a company called Supermicro, which were being hacked and spied on uh, by the chinese government a story that for all intents and purposes, it seems to be completely wrong, but Bloomberg is standing behind. And then I guess all of the resulting drama that came from that story, I think this is a, this is a very good pick uh, for one of, if not the most interesting technology story of the year. But of course, uh, we have our own picks. Um, I am going to pick, this is probably the surprise of nobody, a theme of the continued convergence of technology companies and streaming media. Mm. It's one of my very favorite things of the year. It's why we created the Upstream segment because even as somebody that does not consume as much media as, as you do, I just like watching the business moves of it all. Like I think that... We're going into like a new age of media at this yeah. point and And it is the technology companies that we were already talking about that are going to own it. Except for Disney, and it's
1: obviously going to keep growing because mm-hmm. um, in the next five years, a ghost has said that Upstream will be its own podcast. Exactly, so. everybody knows that. And yeah. and I and I
0: was saying about this. So I picked like a theme. You picked a theme last year, and I wanted to yeah. mention this. So in 2017, you picked, and it was the the winner. We gave it the winners the overreaching smartphone, and you specifically called out the Red Hydrogen one, which was seemed like vaporware at the time, and the Essential Phone. Funny thing is that both of those phones came out, right? They they were out now. The Red Hydrogen phone, the Red Hydrogen One was panned even by people like MKBHD who should have loved it, right? Because he uh-huh. loves red. He didn't like the phone. And as of like the last couple of days, the essential phone is no longer being sold. So you were yes. 100% right about those phones overreaching.
1: Yeah, that was a good one. Was... It was a good one. That and was, it's funny because yeah.
0: there, there have been like other phones like the, in this kind of ilk this year that have worked, but they've been like the gaming smartphones. I have no idea if you're even familiar with these, but they weren't overreaching, but they were different and they were focused. So like right. um, Razer and Asus both released gaming smartphones mm-hmm. and they seem to have been reviewed really highly and people like them, but it's because they're focused. You know, the, the Red Hydrogen One and the Essential Phone, they were overreaching, as you rightly put. So... That's, so mine is uh, the continued convergence of tech and streaming media.
1: Well, for a, for a second, I thought your, your favorite tech story was one I picked overreaching smartphone <laughs> and that would create a recursive award loop. We're loot. not doing that. Not here. No more. None of that here. Thank you. <laughs> uh, my choice, and I really struggled with this, I, I think I've decided uh, to go with, The fact that Apple put all of its marketing images Mm -hmm. of its iPhones on its website publicly available in advance so that Guillermo Rambo and Steve Stratton-Smith could spelunk and find all of the iPhone images and spoil all of the iPhone stuff a couple of days before the event. This came very close in the Upgradians voting. It was in number four. So it is a story about being completely baffled about Apple's inability to stage their content. um, Because like, why, why should that content ever be on a publicly available server until the moment the event ends, right? Like there is something wrong with Apple servers. If they have to get everything in place two days in advance, that's really bad. Or it's a huge mistake. And somebody released it to production when they shouldn't have. It's also a great story of detective work or reporting work where, Um, there were some file name consistencies across events that allowed them to intuit what the file names would be for these items. And that goes back to Apple. Apple needs to be much more, this is like a company hardening themselves against hacker attacks, basically. Apple needs to have um, security in things like their file names and stuff. They need to randomize all that stuff. They need to build, and perhaps in the last few months, they've done that. Because people are going to do this. People want to know what Apple is doing. This you, didn't happen for the October event. You double down on on secrecy, and then you don't bother to change your standard file names for all of your new product photography. It's baffling. Mm-hmm. So it's a great story in a bunch of different different ways. It did completely spoil that event because we knew everything about those devices, about the Apple Watch and about the new iPhones, even their names, um, which was kind of a bummer because they had done a pretty good job with at least parts of this to be mysterious. And then it was all just kind of blown. But I'm also fascinated as a tech story by just what a bad job yeah. Apple did. I mean, I will say
0: as somebody who needs to come up with topics for shows about these products in the weeks leading up to the events, I was happy that it happened <laughs> because it sure. gave us something to talk about. Um, I, I I really love this story because again, it's like the enterprising individual, right? Because like Yeme, he knew this. Right. He knew this before. He knew to look for
1: it. Right. Yeah. He held, he held to that fact that he, fact that he had it. noticed, yeah. he noticed the file names were consistent and that if you could guess or notice this particular blob of text, you could use that as the key to unlock all of these other file names. And then he sat on it and the iPhone event, he deployed it and he got it all. Amazing.
0: I want to give this as the story uh, Okay, the Tech Story of the Year. All right. It's really I mean, bad the more we talk about rules. it, the more <laughs> I, I really, really like about it. Like, Apple spoils the iPhone with bad URLs. Ta-ta-ta. It's amazing. Very, very. It's a great story. It is a great story. And we're probably, we're going to come back to the Bloomberg uh,
1: thing actually right now as we talk yeah, about so, our favorite tech screw-up of the year. Yeah, so shout-out to, I guess we should shout-out to 9to5Mac because that's yes. where that stuff got posted and, and posted and good job. Yeah, excellent. Like, that was... You spoiled, you spoiled all of us, but good job.
0: <laughs> yeah, but this is what we expect from that. You know, we've always expected from 9to5 that it's going to be some kind of spoiling. It is one of the interesting changes because it's, they kind of went from what Mark Gurman has, which is the best sources, right? To now they make their own news. And I kind of like that because now they they dig through stuff and they find stuff. And that, that's kind of been because you look at the HomePod leak the year before, which came as a runner up in this category, in that category, favorite tech story, that was nine to five as well. And they, they published a lot of that sort of stuff. So they're really great with that. So, favorite tech screw up. Um, we have from the upgradients at 13.7%. Bloomberg's big hack story, uh, air power at 16.5%, <laughs> and at 27.7% of the vote is Facebook and its various privacy scandals. Um, I wanted to kind of throw in here, it's like a, because it's like the Facebook stuff, like, I don't even, it's so bad and it's so big that I, I don't even know how to talk about it. But I will I will mention kind of, I think my pick here would be would be Bloomberg and the Supermicro stuff. Because mm-hmm. I don't even understand what led to that. Um, you know, like it's that they had sources which they seemed to trust, but spoke to the companies and the companies denied it. But they published anyway and continue to double down on it, even after more and more people are kind of debunking the story in various ways. But they have stuck by it uh It is fascinating to me to see Business Week destroy its credibility with at least these companies that they report on and and i and I think the ramifications for this will probably be like the ramifications that Gizmodo had when it published the iPhone story. you know mm-hmm. like no one from Business Week is getting invited to the next Apple events, and I hope for bloomberg's sake that that they don't feel a rub from that
1: yeah, it's a weird story it is. Uh, I, I felt strongly it wasn't my favorite tech story, but as a, even the story around the story, but it, is it a screw up? That's the one question is it It seems like there's something screw, something yeah. screwy is going on here, right? But whose screw up is it is still a little bit of an open question. It, exactly. it feels to me like it probably is a game of telephone. As I've, as I've mm-hmm. detailed before, that led to people being confident in stuff that they, they said was true and told Business Week was true. That turned out that they didn't, actually know the truth. Um, It it is because it seems unlikely that all these companies would and the U.S. government would say this didn't happen and that uh, they would just be so blatant to completely deny everything. Is it possible that it's all a conspiracy and they're lying about it? I guess. But uh, that would be like it would seem that that this government that we have right now in the U.S. would be really happy to talk about another way that China is infiltrating our society and how we need to fight against them, right? If they could, and they didn't. So um, yeah, it's baffling. My nomination here is Amazon's HQ2 process in which uh, cities all over North America uh, bend over backwards to to offer free stuff to Amazon in exchange for them building a second headquarters outside of Seattle in their city. And Amazon for orchestrating the whole thing as a reality show to get everybody to give them free stuff in contrast to like Apple, which just announced that they were building a big facility in Austin, Texas and did not do a reality show to get there. Um, That I already didn't like this story, but the thing that pushes it over into screw up (laughs) is that in the end, what happened? Amazon picked two cities. They were essentially New York and Washington, D.C., so not small cities that could have gotten a boost from a second headquarters at all, but just uh, added people in two large cities. They also threw in a thing in Nashville, I want to say, where they're going to build a a hub for logistics and stuff um, and distribution. And so what we ended up getting was Amazon played a bunch of cities, got a bunch of offers of, of free stuff from city governments and then didn't even do what it said it was going to do and didn't really build a second headquarters. They and New built- York really doesn't want it. The residents of New York are very, very unhappy. New, New York's not thrilled. This is a place where places that already have high, that are high cost of living and high uh, paying jobs are there are going to get some more of them, um, which, you know, as opposed to going to a city that could really use Amazon as a hub and would roll out the red carpet and would give them stuff because they want to have that extra shot in the arm. So this thing that was hyped kind of unpleasantly and led to all of these cities having their plans of what they were going to give to Amazon in the end, Amazon didn't even do it. They just, they, 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 they chickened out and they ended up just kind of putting some people in New York and, and DC, like, what a story. What a what a screw up on all fronts on the fronts of the governments and on Amazon. Like how stupid was this whole thing? What a waste of everybody's time.
0: This should be the favorite our favorite tech screw up of the year, but it's got to be
1: Facebook, right? Like who's had a worse year than Facebook? I I think uh yeah, I mean, really the Bloomberg thing is pretty good, but yeah, I think it's got to be Facebook. I think I think having done with Steven done um both subnet and download this year where Mm -hmm. we're looking at all the headlines like the key here is that there is not one facebook issue the 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 key is that there are endless facebook issues and some of them are more serious than others and we've reached the point now where small things that facebook does are blown up because everybody is ready for the next thing that facebook does i mean but also like huge
0: stuff is not really getting covered because it's like you know like at least widely like the cambridge analytica thing was huge but then yeah. there's been massive breaches after that but they're just not getting the attention anymore because it's like well we've already been through
1: this like yeah the um and and the um response that facebook has is amazing they always have a you know facts about this blog post that they do where they try to spin it their way um mark zuckerberg basically um has you know he can't be removed because he made the company and he set it up in a certain way, there uh, the people who are in positions of authority over this are um, incredibly arrogant. Uh, you know, they 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 just aren't not convinced that they're wrong. Yep. They're, they're ignoring requests for gov- from governments. Like their business model is yep. built on this, and and it's and that's just how it is and they mm-hmm. built this whole company based on these core ideas but their lack of you know good security and practices and their their ability to uh shade the truth when they can bend the truth to to uh mislead people we also know that they hired all sorts of like opposition research groups so there's just like facebook is a garbage fire it is it's impossible to keep up with and it's Yes, they
0: are the biggest screw-up in technology this year, without a shadow of a doubt. Let's talk about something a bit happier, our most life-changing hardware of the year. Uh, the Upgradians voted with the 2018 iPad Pro at 8.8%, so this is both models. Um, the 10.7% goes to the AirPods, people still love those AirPods, and it's back again, 20% Apple Watch. Wow, there's a lot of
1: lives being changed out there, Mike.
0: And most definitely, especially by Apple Watches. People love their Apple Watches.
1: Yeah, about that.
0: Now, I want
1: you to tell me yours because I am astounded by it. I'll just go back again to a couple of weeks ago where I talked about it. I feel like the Apple Pencil 2 is the most life-changing hardware for me because it has changed how I edit podcasts. I can't believe this. I'm using, (laughs) because I'm using Ferrite and the Apple Mm -hmm. Pencil and editing my podcast in the warmth of my house instead of the cooler uh, climate of my garage, which means that I'm around like my pets and my family and I'm more visible and I'm not behind a closed door on Saturday mornings editing the incomparable. And, uh, that's a life change, uh, that is enabled by that. Now. Yeah. Could I use a laptop out there? Well, I could, but I, I didn't like if I was going to use logic on my MacBook air, I just would use logic on my iMac pro. But, um, I don't do that now. So I'm going to throw that out there. I think the Apple Pencil, good product, good update. And uh, I have started to use it and it's changed my workflows. So that's why I mentioned it. I wanted to pick something completely different.
0: Um, We got an Espresso machine this year that I love. Uh, It is hardware. It's kind of technological in some ways, I guess. Um, It is the Barista Express, which is made by Breville, but in the UK is branded as Sage. Um, they did like a deal with a big chef here, who anyway. But it's branded as Sage here, and uh, I really like the. Uh, I really, really like this product. It it's changed my life because I use it multiple times a day, and it makes the best coffee that I've ever had at home. Uh, I absolutely love it. So I'm gonna go with huh. the uh, Sage uh, Barista Express, but obviously the Apple Pencil Two is gonna win this category because I love the Apple Pencil.
1: Or is the Apple Watch gonna win?
0: No, well, I don't want to vote the Apple Watch because, right. you know, I would prefer to vote the Apple Pencil too and have the Apple okay. Watch as a as a runner up because for me Done. personally, I don't. This was the year I stopped wearing it, so yep, I'm super excited to see how happy you have been about the Apple Pencil this year. The pencil is great. Like,
1: you like so much, yeah. Well, it's a much better product, and and I've adopted it. So, all right, Jason. So.
0: Should we move into our final set of categories, the uh, the podcast <laughs> awards section? <laughs>
1: well, it's all that's left. I don't know what else we would do, so sure.
0: Our favorite technology podcast is uh, brought to you by our friends over at eero with eero you can build a wi-fi system that is perfectly tailored to your home considering the high bandwidth world that we live in today you need a distributed system in your home to make sure that you can get the best speeds available no matter where you are in your house and with eero you can install an enterprise grade wi-fi system into your home in just a few minutes it starts with the second gen eero device which has three five gigahertz radios allowing for increased speed and range it sits flat on any surface and connects wirelessly or over ethernet then you can easily expand the coverage throughout your whole home by adding in Eero beacons these are tiny devices that plug directly into your wall allowing you to reach every corner of your home and Eero is now introducing Eero Plus this is designed to provide simple reliable security to help defend all the devices in your home from malware and phishing and unsuitable content Eero Plus can automatically tag sites that contain violent, illegal or adult content so you have powerful parental controls at your fingertips It includes ad blocking functionality to help improve load times for websites that are full of privacy invading ad tracking and it's also possible to have Eero Plus check the sites that you visit against a database of millions of unknown threats to prevent you from visiting anything malicious. These are all options available to you with Eero Plus and it even includes subscriptions for encrypt.me for VPN protection, 1Password for password management, and Malwarebytes for antivirus solutions. Jason, I know that you love your Eeros. I would love to know something about how much you do love them. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I do have, as I mentioned earlier, an increasing number of smart devices. And one of the challenges was my original Wi-Fi network reached, you know, a couple of rooms. And if we were lucky, the backyard and the smart devices go even more on the periphery. I've got a, you know, a webcam in the front and I've got the lock on the front door and all this stuff. And uh, Eero has made it that I no longer I used to be concerned about, like, walking from room to room. Because I did have two separate base stations, but it would pick up and drop and the networking would get weird. And then there were dead spots. My house isn't that large, but still there were dead spots and weird spots. And since I went to Eero where I've got the base stations and the beacons, its it was easy to set up and it's all covered. So I don't even think about it anymore, to be honest, except when we do these ads. Because otherwise it just is, there's Wi-Fi everywhere in my house and that's all you ever have to think about.
0: You need never think about Wi-Fi again with Eero. You can get $100 of the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus just by going to Eero.com slash Ahoy. That's E-E-R-O dot com slash Ahoy. And check out and and use the promo code Ahoy. That is Eero.com eero.com slash ahoy and the code ahoy to get $100 off the aero base unit two beacons package and that awesome one year of Eero plus so you get all those awesome features that i think is really really cool our thanks to aero for their support of this show and relay fm so we're rounding out the 2018 upgrades by talking about some of the best podcasts in our industry and the industry at large and we start with our favorite tech podcast, which includes the Lifetime Achievement Award winner of the Accidental Tech Podcast. ATP won three years in a row for the first three years, so we decided to create the Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes, just to get them out of the category. Get out, get out! ATP is my favorite technology podcast. It's the one that I always listen to every week. I love it, and so I would just keep voting it for it forever, even to the point that I actually don't have a nomination in this category, because... ATP is the one that I would always want to vote for, so I haven't voted. Now, Ma-
1: Mike, I-, I feel that the Upgradians have done it again with their selections. So in at uh, kind of third place uh, is Cortex with
0: 7.9%. Thank you very much, Upgradians. Uh, the talk show is at 13.7%. Now, here's the thing. Upgrade got 14.5%, but I have a thing about this. I think most people know that we're never going to award Upgrade as the show, which is why <laughs> obviously every Upgradian doesn't vote for Upgrade. Uh, but thank you to the 14.5% of you that voted for Upgrade anyway. I am genuinely flattered that 21.4% of the Upgradians voted for Connected um, as their favorite tech
1: podcast. Thank you, Upgradians, for doing that. Yeah. I love how Upgrade never wins the poll for. <laughs> <laughs> they know we're never going yeah, to give it right. to ourselves you're right, right? There's, a, there's a reason but i i, I really like that mm-hmm. that uh we come in second that <laughs> makes me laugh every time it's like yeah, it's so close we just didn't make it always a bridesmaid never a bride um i'm with the upgradians i really love connected you know i listened to the prompt back oh in the God. day am i about to win my first Upgrady? Yeah, yeah, I think you are. Yes! Because I I, I think <laughs> Connected I'm gonna highlight so Connected the thing about it is it's the relationship between you three guys, but also as the show artwork shows, right? It's also your different perspectives. You got Steven in Tennessee, you're in London, Federico's in Rome, and so you have very different perspectives um that come out in hilarious ways. I mean we you and I got a flavor of that in the Christmas special where we explained the premise of the Christmas Carol and Federico was like, I don't know what that is. And they're like, what? Like (laughs) Federico being young and Italian, uh, those two traits, I think more than anything else, he has just these voids where we assume there's like this historical knowledge. That's just, he doesn't have that. Instead, he's got this whole other catalog of things that he knows that are are surprising to us. And mm-hmm. it's delightful. Um, plus, he is you know, he, yeah, he's a, he's a quirky, funny guy and that comes through. And then you guys all have your, like, uh, it's a, it's a good relationship. The highlight of this year, by the way, was uh, the weird fish episode where Federico had to name a bunch of new yep. emoji and try to guess what they were. That was our best episode. Uh, that was a pretty incredible episode. So, and also I will say, this is the year that Connected's show art got shown on stage at an Apple keynote. So yeah. for these reasons, I bestow upon you, you, Mike Hurley, and Stephen Hackett and Federico Vitici, the favorite tech podcast. It's not from you to yourself. It's from us, the Upgradians and me, to you guys. Congratulations. I genuinely am honored. Like, this is a
0: great honor to me. I've always wanted to win an award for one of my shows. And now I've done it, and I consider obviously <laughs> the upgrade is to be the most prestigious, the most prestigious awards. of all
1: podcasting awards. Yes, absolutely. I am absolutely honored. it. It's a little like wearing a T-shirt that says "My mom says I'm awesome." You can now put on your mm-hmm. uh, on your site that you, you your own podcast gave you an award. Yeah. I'm genuinely
0: like. Thank you. I genuinely thank that means so much to me that, that that you would nominate the show. And
1: I didn't know what the listener results no. were going to be. I just I just thought about it. I can't pick ATP, right? It's barred. And I thought, you know, I've really enjoyed listening to Connected this year.
0: My my heart was warmed when I when I got to the to the voting and saw that like th- that that just that just felt really really good. So and I know that um Federico and and Steven are going to be they're going to be really excited to to find this out. So, thank you so much uh, for that. That means an awful lot. But
1: Apple next year upgrade. Yeah, come on, <laughs> show
0: art. Let's put upgrade up there next time. Use come it. On. You can you can you can help us out. We'll, we'll let you use it. Don't worry. You can take this as our as our acceptance for you to do it. So we now move into our favorite non tech podcast with our second lifetime achievement award winner. Which is the flop house, which also won the first three years in this category. It's still my favorite. So cannot be voted for anymore. <laughs> now, I would like to go straight to the Upgradians votes. With 3.2% is last year's winner, The Adventure Zone. 9.2% is frequent runner-up, Hello Internet. And 23.2% of the vote goes to Dubai Friday, which was 2016 uh, winner of News, the newcomer. podcast newcomer yeah and so dubai friday is the uh, that's a is a good good range at 23.2 percent from the upgradians i absolutely love dubai friday like dubai friday gets a big thumbs up for me uh, but i wanted to talk about a show that i absolutely love which i would have wanted to put in it was a newcomer to me this year but it started in kind of i think it was october november 2017 circle wonderful uh, wonderful is hosted by uh, Griffin and uh, Rachel McElroy, um, their husband and wife. And they used to do a show about The Bachelor, and then they ended up hating The Bachelor. So they turned their show, uh, Rose Buddies, into a show called Wonderful. And the premise is very simple. Uh, they both bring to the show two things that they think are wonderful. I, love, I am very much into shows now that bring joy to me. That is a thing that, like, in 2018, uh, I find just to be a, a nice thing to have things that bring joy to me. And wonderful is just pure joy. Um, and, oh. and I absolutely love this show. It is, you know, for the reasons that I also love Top 4, Um, it is really nice to, to hear a, a couple who clearly enjoy each other very much and hear their chemistry wrapped around something that's also super fun and wonderful is that, like... It is just bliss. I love that show so much. Couples podcasting
1: is a thing. For sure. Uh, My Choice is a uh, podcast about one of our nominees for the TV Award, which is The Good Place. The Good Place, the podcast, is hosted by Mark Evan Jackson, who plays Sean on the show, uh, a recurring character. He does a great job hosting it. Um, He gets access to podcasts. you know actors but also crew and you know writers producers directors uh casting people uh there's so many different things uh art direction um and and so one as as a person who makes independent media themed podcasts um one of the things i like about what we do is we are not in the pr business for them like we you know the after the walking dead show is going to say wasn't that a great episode every time the after, the Star Trek, all those after shows are official. And they're going to be like, wasn't it great? Let's talk to the cast. Whereas on an independent podcast, you can be like, yeah, this didn't work. It was bad. Um, And you just, that's not allowed. I don't like this performance. I didn't think this was well written. Don't, you can't. You can't say it. So I like, I like those kinds of podcasts, and I don't really like the official podcast, except for the access that they that they grant. The great thing about the Good Place the podcast is, yes, they're not going to slag off the show, but it's not really what the show's about. It, it, first off, I love the show, so they don't need to slag it off. It's great. What I what I uh, love about the podcast, though, is that they let you go in detail about how they make the show, and that Mark Evan Jackson is actually very interested in how they make the show. Where this. You know, where'd this story idea come from? What was the plan to take the story in this direction? Um, you know, what was the direction for the actor? Where did they shoot this? How did they make this work with the special effects? You know, how did these props get created? It really does kind of pick apart episode by episode with different guests, how they make the show. And that's what makes it a great podcast is it's a good host. It's got access, but it's much more interested in how, hmm. uh, TV show is made than it is being interested in just kind of like fluffy interviews with actors, which I think is a snooze. So it's a great show. It does sound very interesting. You should listen after you've seen... Yeah, of course. I imagine it's rife with spoilers. They, the first two seasons are covered as a rewatch, basically. So you have to have seen the first two seasons. Season three, they're doing episode by episode without spoilers for the future because they're releasing them on the episode. But this came out this year and they went through the first, you know, whatever, 25 episodes or something. Um, it, it, in the mind to you have seen the first two seasons. And so uh, I, when you get there, I recommend trying this podcast out because it's really good. This is uh, is this going to be a tricky one. What are we going to go with here? Uh, you know, people don't know, but you you have Dubai by Friday with a slash with wonderful. Yeah. And I I feel like the upgradians also spoke pretty clearly here. We know the people who do by Friday, but that is a and we've been on it, you and I. <laughs> yep. And Federico and Stephen, um it's a really uh, wacky podcast, but uh you know, it is uh, good people um using Great this premise. medium to do some very um uh, yeah, they're they're exploiting the medium of podcasting in lots of interesting ways. Yeah, and uh, and since you had it as your kind of runner up, and it was the clear choice of the Upgradians, and it's a previous winner for newcomer, I say do by Friday. Congratulations, Dubai by Friday. Well deserved. Uh, love that show. It's it's
0: again, it's like a show I will I will never miss every week. Uh, mm. I I really really do love it. It's fantastic. So very happy for it to be our favorite non tech podcast for twenty eighteen. So, we move into our final award of the evening favorite podcast newcomer. So, the oh. Upgradians voted with 6.6% newcomer to Relay FM Automators, a show all about automating your uh, devices, your your computing devices. And it's hosted by Rosemary Orchard and David Sparks. Um, at 7.8% is Supercomputer, hosted by uh, Upgrade award winning uh, host of Dubai Friday, Alex Cox. And uh, Matt Cassanelli, who used to work at Workflow and Shortcuts uh, team, I think in the Shortcuts team at Apple, um, yeah. and they talk about make like basically all the stuff that you would assume again, stuff about automation, but just about using technology devices uh, to do the things that you want them to do. And tied at seven point eight percent, which was baffling to me. They got the exact same amount of votes. as uh, the show that I do called Playing for Fun Relay FM, which I again. Um, I was really surprised to see playing for fun here and um, I thank everybody for that. Uh, Talking about like the joy, like wanting to, that I love wonderful because it it just brings me joy. Uh, That is what I and what me and Tev tried to do with playing for fun. Like we just Mm -hmm. talk about good stuff. Our streams are fun. We do like Twitch streaming. We just want to put nice stuff into the world and so th- i i genuinely really appreciate um the, the vote for playing for fun there from from the
1: upgrading so thank you for that um jason what
0: is your uh newcomer show
1: uh it's i'm just going to say see above uh the good okay. place the podcast was mm-hmm. new this year i loved it it was my uh, number one new podcast this year there, there are some other ones out there that are good but this is the one that was the best for me
0: um, my vote is uh, for a show that my co-host Tiff on playing for fun uh, does on the incomparable with ah. uh clockwise host, uh, Michael Sargent, which is somehow I manage, which is a rewatch show of the office. Um, I love the office. This show has got me to rewatch the office again. And I really like hearing two absolute office nerds. Like they are super fans talk about this show. Um, again, it is a show that brings me joy because it is talking about the fun stuff in my one of my favorite TV shows of all time, and I think that they've done some really fun things. Like they have super hilarious intros a lot of the time where they like recreate something from the show, which with their uh, amazing acting, <laughs> which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that they give Dundee awards out at the end of every episode. And something that I value greatly in this in this podcast is that they they do not spoil anything in for for the future like i can tell that i mean they spoke about this but i can tell the great the great lengths that they go to so if you are watching the office for the first time they don't spoil stuff that happens in later seasons which i think is super valuable for a show like this so my my vote for my favorite podcast newcomer uh is somehow i manage
1: well, that's very nice. As uh, somebody who's, uh, who does the Incomparable Network, that's uh, mm-hmm. that's good. So my my um, if my daughter were voting, she would vote for Somehow I Manage because Jamie doesn't um, – The Office is her favorite TV show. She really wants to be on Somehow I Manage. I think she's angling for a guest slot at some point. Um, and, uh, and that's amazing because she does not want to be on podcasts. Uh, we have to drag her on. And uh and she listens to somehow I manage. She listens to it regularly and loves it because they they love that show as much as she does, which is pretty cool. I by the way, Jamie this year for Christmas, one of the things I got her was a Dundee Award. Oh, very good. An actual Dundee Award statue for fine fine work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she loved it. So where are we gonna put our vote for this one? Um I I look I listened to it twice. I want the good place the podcast to win. <laughs> hmm.
0: I mean, you gave me an award, so yeah, Yeah. sure.
1: (laughs) All right, that's how it works. I feel bad for Tiff, though. She's got two nominations in the same category. Right on the doorstep, but not quite there
0: yet. So that's it. That is our Upgradies. So don't forget, you can go to Upgradies.com, where you will find all of these, uh, all of the lists of all of the winners and the runners-up for this year and all previous years. Uh, from 2014 through to 2018 this was the fifth annual upgradey awards you can find more uh, you can find links to every nomination so not just the runners-up if you want to find out more maybe about the books that jason listed or some of the video games all of the nominations um, will be in our show notes which you can find in your podcast app of choice or relay.fm upgrade 226 you can go there or if you use a, a, a great uh, podcast app, you will see, uh, the artwork for the upgradies for our fifth annual upgrades, which was created by the wonderful Simon Buckmaster, who does incredible work for all of our stuff here at Relay FM and really knocked it out of the park with this one, uh, as we very cleverly use the Roman numerals, uh, to, for the fifth one. So that looks amazing. So you can see that on the page or in, in the app of choice that you use. Uh, thanks to Pingdom, Luna Display, Kane11, and Eero for their support of this show. Um, a huge thank you to the what, over a thousand of you that voted. Um, so, thank you so much to the Upgradians for their votes. Um, I will not even uh, be upset about how long it took me. <laughs> Jason, it was two hours it took me to put the uh, nominations together. Sure, it was a big job. I'm surprised, but I loved it's only, it. Only two hours. <laughs> um, I loved it. This was. It would have taken me way longer if I hadn't come up with the very complicated spreadsheet system that uh, that I created last year. So thank you to That's past good. Mike for creating that uh-huh. sheet to make this work easier.
1: Oh, and uh, thank you to Chris Breen for uh, this week and last coming up with special alternative versions of the upgrade theme song that he created originally, and this was our classy uh, award version
0: yep so thank you so much for another couple of wonderful breen themes uh they are we in, i enjoy them greatly uh we have we have really put breen, uh, chris breen to work this year um i think we this have. is the third <laughs> version yes. of the song that we've had commissioned this year but you can four, expect four
1: four, four? Uh, Upgradies, uh christmas draft and summer of fun Summer of Fun too. that was one I was forgetting. Yes, so that's four. And so you can expect to hear those
0: songs played for for the many, many more years. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll be back next year for the sixth annual Upgradies, but we'll (laughs) be back next week for the first Upgradies of 2019. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell.
1: Goodbye, Jason Snell.